Weird Science DC Comics Podcast will spoil this week's comic books and use very, very naughty words. If either of those things upset you, go listen to NPR. When you eventually grow a pair, don't worry, we will be waiting for you. Thank you and enjoy. You Pinocchio fucking nose, come on your own business. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you take some, why don't you grow your own? This is not your fucking property. Go somewhere else. Well, this is not my property. Fuck you. Go mind your own business. No. You just don't know what's right or wrong, do you? You're fucking lure. You like to steal. You stick your nose in everybody's fucking business. This is goddamn alley no, property, bitch. No, it's not. Just don't have your name on it. Where's your name, bitch? Excuse me. Where's your name, bitch? Where's your name? Okay. Want to get the party on? Comics Podcast and spend more time talking about nonsense than the comic books we covet so much. This is Weird Out Loud, Episode 4. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. Hi. <laughs> That's what you got for me? You got hi? That's what I got. Uh, it's late. Uh, guess what? This is the week ending uh, January 31st, 2015, correct? Oh, yeah. This is the last day of the, of the month. Now, I was about I, to say year. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I figured we should add that in so that people listening in know at least when this podcast happened. But it is the last day of the month. And we had a pretty good month on the site. It was the best month ever. That is true. Uh, what little that means, but it is best month ever. And there also was some crazy weather here this week. No, no, no. There was not crazy weather. It was like they built this fucking thing up to be Snowmageddon, and I bought into it. Snowmageddon. Like yep. Snowmageddon. If anybody wants to know, we are outside of the Philadelphia area, and there was supposed to be a huge, huge snowstorm this week, and <laughs> it really didn't end up as anything. Did it? Though both of us were both home from work. No, I was set on that snow day, and nobody was taking it away from Well, me. that was the thing. I had a feeling that before that snow even started, you had already decided <laughs> on not having work. Look, uh, I never got out of elementary school mode where I wanted those days off yeah. because of snow. Well, the weird thing is, is we this, this all happened Monday night into Tuesday, and we everybody at our work were told that the place wasn't going to open until 7 the next day and the snow happened but it wasn't that much and i showed up work at the normal four o'clock in the morning got my butt up showed up and nobody was there uh so i decided i wasn't gonna work because i was pretty pissed off but by the time (laughs) i waited a little and then started to leave one of our bosses showed up for some crazy reason and then i had to sneak out of the parking lot to go home and have my day off because i felt like a jerk then but we did. We had off. The worst part is that you left like a jerk. I know. They, they, they knew you were there, and then you're creeping out with I, your lights off. I creeped I'm out. I'm surprised you didn't push your car. It out was of the because by off. then it's one of those things where by the time you've decided that you didn't want to be there, 
And then I thought, there was no way I wanted to work that day. So <laughs> I went home. We I took a vacation day. My kids ended up having off. At one point, they were only going to have a two-hour delay, but they changed that to a full day off. So I figured, the heck with it. I'm taking a day off, too. And I think we played uh, video games all day. That's I don't remember what, what we did. I probably watched some bad TV and awful movies. Most likely. Most likely. Yes. I know at one point, though, I got up uh, when I was like, you know, at like 5.30, looked outside, cursed, woke my girlfriend up and said, go back to sleep. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Did you shovel? You have to shovel at your place? No. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Shoveling is like the worst thing in the world next to painting your house. Um, you know how when you're younger and you hear about all these people having heart attacks when they shovel and you kind of laugh at it? And, and not that no, I sh- not that no, I shoveled, I yeah. Oh yeah, that's the big thing. A lot of people have heart attacks when they shovel. I was gonna make a, up a story that I shoveled, and I know why people said that now, but I didn't shovel. <laughs> I I have four kids here that shovel, and actually, I think my wife Tanya she did most of the shoveling. So you are awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, still, that's why you have the children's. Oh, I know. Well, they're supposed to take out the trash and do all that stuff, but they seem to neglect a lot. <laughs> so, what else do you do this week? Well, as I said on last week's podcast, uh, new comic book day this week was my girlfriend's birthday, which totally fucked me out of my reviews. I normally like to do like three to four reviews on a Wednesday night. Yep, so do I. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you like to do nothing. I'd, I'd, <laughs> like, I'd like to, but I get tired. I say, what did you have this week? Two reviews up Two. on Wednesday? Shine, and my shining, was, my shining I moment. Most of, I was out most of the night, and I got two done as well. No, I think I got done, I think, what did I do? I did Batman and Flash, Flash. possibly, right? Yeah, Flash. Uh, while I was doing Flash, I was falling asleep. And it had nothing to do with Flash. It's all about me being tired all the time. In fact, we're doing this a little later today because I decided not to work early this morning and slept in. And figured that I'd be wide awake for this. And it is now 9.30 at night, and I'm exhausted. Oh, yeah. And exhausted from doing nothing all day. I'm wired. I had myself a good Roseanne marathon today as I did some reviews, and I am wired. Yeah. Roseanne. Roseanne, man. That's your new show now to watch. Honestly, I used to watch it back in the 90s, but, like, you know, it's just one of those things that it was on. And uh, I really appreciate it now that I'm older, though. I get the humor a lot more. What season were you watching? Uh, it was between, like, uh, because it was all on two different uh, TV stations. So it was, like, between season three and six, I think. Okay. All day. Like, until, like, six o'clock at night from, like, uh, 9.30 in the morning. Nice. Well, back to uh, your girlfriend's birthday. Uh, do we have to go back to that? Yes. <laughs> I already did that. I don't have to do it again. Yeah. Well, but... it ruined your reviews, but still, you got as many up as me. <laughs> well, we went to her parents' house for dinner because her mom was making some special birthday dinner because she still talks to her parents and everything. Yep. And at the end of the night, it actually wasn't that bad. Her parents are very religious people, and I'm not like that, but I have to, you know, calm down my personality, I, I guess you could say, if I, I don't know. That sounds kind of like an asshole thing to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, it, it's also coming off that you're trying to sugarcoat this because you're afraid they might listen. Oh, God, that would be awful. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you, you did talk well, about, they, they asked you about the site and the podcast, you said. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying, 
the, the night wasn't that bad. By the end of the night, though, it's, my girlfriend's all like, you know, oh, t- tell them about your website, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to tell them it's a blog, so they might think less of me. Yeah. But <laughs> I get into the podcast we did last week talking about the very special episodes, and I was shocked to find out they have no idea what a very special episode is. Which is very odd because you, I don't know, that seems like something that was so big. But again, uh, how old are her parents? Oh, uh, shit. Um, they're old. I mean, they got to be in their 50s. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. They're not that much older than me. Which is yeah. sad. That's a sad, <laughs> sad thing. But yeah, you would think that they would know at least. You, know, you, you explained what it was, right? But they still yeah, didn't I know. I explained with different strokes. And like, it's like oh, what I did with different strokes. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, you know, very special episodes to point out bad things that the audience shouldn't do and be watchful for and all, mm-hmm. all that nonsense. And then I get the story about, apparently I didn't listen to them because as a kid... Uh, an ice cream truck came through, and they said they knew my dad, so I proceeded to get into the back of the thing. And I didn't have my glasses on or anything. I'm I'm blind as hell, so I'm thinking to myself, "Well, they're not getting any re- I'm, they're not having any reaction to this at all." Yeah, yeah. So you're so, telling them the story that you told last week about yeah. getting into the the ice cream truck. You don't know any of the people. The, yeah, the whole thing. So. So they were just sta- sitting there listening. Sta- I said they're just standing there listening. So I'm thinking, oh, they think I'm an asshole. So I, I get off the subject. On the way home, though, I'm talking to my girlfriend about it, and I was like, wow, that- they didn't really have a reaction at all to that. And she's like, what are you talking about? They were shocked. I thought my father was going to fall over when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his jaw hit the floor, and he was like, he seemed like he was scared for me. Apparently, I had no idea. I couldn't see their fucking faces. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are blind. And by the way, they do think you're an asshole. No, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I, I'm living with their their daughter in an apartment out of wedlock. <laughs> living in sin. Living in sin. We're the, I'm the devil. Took yep. the baby girl away. You'll get married soon. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so that was the that was your big moment. You guys go to Red Lobster? No, we did not go to Red Lobster because uh, you know she worked today, and it wasn't getting out till five thirty, and we normally do the podcast at seven. So I'm like, oh, there's no time to get there and back. You love the Red Lobster. I do not love the Red Lobster. She loves the Red Lobster. You like those man, cheddar fancy biscuits. Restaurant. I love the cheddar biscuits. Oh, I told I you that. Them. is. It's like the fancy restaurant for the, the working class man. Yeah. I, I like Red Lobster. I had nothing bad, bad. I'd rather go to McDonald's. So would I. Yeah. We went the other. We went on Friday. And, we got and a, that's the drive through. I don't like going anywhere. No, we went in and uh, I had a double quarter pounder. It was very good. And Rafe ended up spilling his whole soda on Ethan's lap because Ethan came with us this week, and it was it was pretty funny. And then we watched a old Jewish lady complain that she doesn't get a free drink with How do you her. Know she was Jewish. Well, it was it was pretty obvious. What does that mean? It just if you uh, I would say that she was a cross between uh, George's mom on Seinfeld. <laughs> and George's mom on Seinfeld times ten. It was it was prep, but she was so upset that she she first wanted a senior drink, right. and to her a senior drink meant any drink on the menu for free. And they told her that a senior can get a seventy five cent cup of coffee, and she got mad and started yelling about it. And it was it was pretty funny. And then we left, <laughs> and here we are for our fourth podcast. Yeah, number four. This is the big one to us. It, it is? 
It is to me. Is this... We talked about when we started the podcast. Yep. How we would start out episode four thinking we helped. Oh, okay, yeah. That was going to be our joke that we started episode four to make everybody think, you know, start searching. All, yeah, I don't know who's searching. <laughs> Maybe all me. Listeners out yes, there. they'd be searching for it. But yeah, so we are at episode four and we're trying uh, to get our grips on this whole thing. We still don't know what we're doing. You should, I, I'm talking. I don't know. I, I, I like talking. The editing is the worst. I sit there. I'm like a mad scientist trying to <laughs> do things, and then at the end, I'm like, I did all that work for that lousy sounding thing. But well, I uh, thought it sounded great. Last I think week. it was. I think it was better. And uh, this week will be. Div- uh, it's just me and you. Yep. We had Daniel on last week. That went good. I thought it went really well. Yeah. I. You know, I was worried about how the whole three people thing was going to go, but I. I thought it was good. And then, you know what, tonight we will not be attacked by dogs. That <laughs> scared the hell out of me his dogs started that barking. Was, that was pretty funny. It sounded like... like my apartment, I thought there was like dogs behind uh, me. It sounded like 15 dogs going at once. One dog. But, and we're also going to, we're changing up a little bit uh, this week too. We're going to actually have some news. And then we're going to do uh, what I would think would be um, the featured books of the week, I'd like to call it. Because there were... 20 books, right? A lot of damn books. Yeah, I think both of us had 10. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not done reading half of those. So, yeah, I got a couple I still have to yeah, finish. I, I have a bunch. So we figured that we would grab a couple of those because if we were doing 20 books tonight, we would it'd be a five-hour podcast. <laughs> and I'm not going to be up that late. But And I'm just not doing that. No. And I know there was... Uh, Something that came out this week, where this isn't even news. We're still in the bullcrap phase of the now, this podcast. Is news. It's not comic well, book it is news. It's this not comic news book news. Beyond news, they announced the Ghostbusters cast. And first, it, it's uh, directed by Paul Feig. Is that how you pronounce his name? He did Feig. I don't know. He's Feig. that guy from Bridesmaids and The Heat. So, oh, really? Oh, yeah. So that kind of pulls into the two main stars of the new Ghostbusters, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, who you love. And also uh, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones are all SNL uh, people. I think Kate yeah. McKinnon and Leslie Jones are still on Saturday Night Live. And then Melissa McCarthy, of course, she's big news, but, man, I hate her. I, I hate her so goddamn. I can't stand her. Um, you know what the weirdest thing about this news is? I actually went on the internet this afternoon looking Ooh. looking for hate of this announcement. I know, right? I didn't find it. I Ev- did not either. Everybody, I was so pissed off today because I couldn't find someone to be Everybody off is so excited about it and... I guess we can, you know, we go to other sites, so I'm not going to pretend that our site's this huge thing and I, we shouldn't go. But I went on Comic Vine's site uh, right. and looked at the, their message board, you know, the, the comments underneath. And right. I probably went through two pages and I did not find anybody who said, oh, God, what are they doing? I can't believe this. This is Everybody loved it. Everybody thought, oh, it's going to be great. I love Kristen Wiig is the big one. Everybody's like, Kristen Wiig, I'm in. Count me that's, in. That's the thing, though. It's like I was doing research to get ready so I didn't come off sound like a complete ass tonight. And I don't 
I could not. I did not know who Kristen Wiig was. I recognize. I know you, you never do. I always mention her in your. I, well, she's bridesmaids lady. I say, but that's the thing. I, I've never watched bridesmaids, but I then know. I find out she was in like Dewey Cox, uh, that awful yeah, yeah, movie yeah. Paul, yeah. and the uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I love. Okay, Secret yeah, Life. yeah, but you just didn't know it was her. No, had no idea. She yeah, was just she... some, some actress. Uh, do you on get SNL? On, I'm saying on SNL from 2005 to 2012. Mm-hmm. That is right in, like, out of my wheelhouse. So, like, I think I stopped watching SNL back in 2001. Uh, way, way back. I stopped watching SNL in the 90s. Yeah. But do you do you get the idea that this is the... I mean, Bridesmaids was huge. It was, like, I the guess. big... I... It was. It was the big female comedy. That's all the... You know, the ladies are going out to watch that. It's big comedy. And it's something... I mean, you got to... Admit there's not a lot of women ensemble or female ensemble comedies like that, and it did really well. So this Ghostbusters just seems to me like it's bridesmaids too. And don't ever, don't ever say that again. Oh, uh, the thing is though is like I said, everybody seems excited about it, and I don't know if that many people even care about Ghostbusters anymore, even though. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films and, of all time. Yeah, again. And I'm even a fan of Ghostbusters 2. You know, it's not yeah. as strong as one, but I still like 2 a lot. Well, like I said, I have a feeling it's going to be something along the lines of uh, one of them, either Kristen Wiig or uh, Melissa McCarthy, getting the Ghostbusters franchise in a divorce settlement or something like that, and then she gets all her friends to join in, and hijinks ensue. Well, that's the thing. It's like when we're talking about this all week and when the news actually dropped, and even on a lot of these headlines for the news of this, you'll see Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But apparently this is just a complete reboot. Yeah, when when they first announced it, they said it was a reboot, but also with ties to the old movies, and that's why I think I yeah, really... Yeah, it has ties to the old movies. It has yeah. a bunch of ghosts, and they're busting them. I actually heard that they announced just now, it just came over, that Melissa McCarthy is going to do one of those dual role things, and she's also going to play Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I hear that that has just been released. That was one of the funniest things in the original to me, because Slimer, Dan Aykroyd, said was supposed to be the ghost of uh, John Belushi. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always found that hilarious. And now it's Melissa McCarthy, because I hate her. Oh, I really, I... Identity Thief and t- I, it was like the worst movie I think I've ever watched I, in my life. I said, when we've talked about it, that when I was a younger fellow and I went to see Waterboy, that I was sitting in the theater and I wanted to punch anybody who laughed and I, unfortunately I would have been punching the whole theater. Yeah, I'm, and, well, I still love Waterboy. Yeah, well, I never felt that much anger again until I saw Identity Thief. Which and I'm telling you, I had that type of anger. Yeah, at one point, if somebody would have come come up to me and like, "Hey, you should watch Identity Thief," I punch him in the face because <laughs> it was all actually, you know, to keep with the trend of the movie. I'd uh, what it what was it punching the punch throat in the neck in the, yeah. uh, it was awful. I hated that movie, and I love uh, what's his Jason name, Bateman. Jason Bateman. I was going to call him Justin Bateman. I did that the other night when I was watching hey, Family Ties. Hey, hey. Yeah, Goddamn was, Justine Bateman fucking uh, with my Jason, mind. Jason Bateman, I I love that guy, and I just, uh, awful. And that, again, that was like one of those movies, yeah, you know, that Melissa McCarthy, she's hot stuff. I'm, I'm going to go and be in a movie with her. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. Uh, the other big news, though, is something that we both like, is that it seems that... Hold on, hold on, I'm not done. Whoa, I'm you're not done? done? I am not done. I even had a segue there. What? I know it was a it was a great. Segment. It wasn't a great one, but go ahead. <laughs> what else did you want to say? 
I also read uh, read tonight when I was doing my research that originally Ernie Hudson came out a, a, about this and thought like a female cast is going to be an awful movie. Was this before he died? The, Ernie Hudson's still alive, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I swear to God he died. No, no. <laughs> he's oh. a great actor. How dare you? Okay. I now agree. he's come out yes. again and said, you know what? I've rethought it now that yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he because, got hate mail. You know, it's they phenomenal. Prob- he's probably a cameo. I'm telling you, they're probably tying it in, and he's the cameo where he is the, uh, what's her name? Leslie Jones' ex-husband. I'm, uh, I'm telling you right now, if he came out and said that he's in for this and he thinks it's great, he's involved. Why would he, why would he flip like that? I, I'm thinking he got a lot of hate mail, honestly. No. Why would he I'm care saying, about that? He just would like, be quiet. Like we said, though, there's nobody talking bad about this, it seems like. I, you get hate mail. Do you... Oh god! <laughs> I, no, I don't flip flop. I just get panic attacks and stay off yes, the internet. Yes, you get really upset. We'll get uh, we'll get to that later. Oh Jesus! I don't know that that was hate mail that you got. No, but, that uh, wasn't. But when we talk about there, when we I talk about Red Lanterns, I I read it and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But now I'll use my segue. No, no, I'm not done yet. Oh <sighs> god! <laughs> Keep going. This thing's gonna last forever again. Who the hell is Kate McKinnon? Kate McKinnon, that she's just somebody on Saturday Night Live. That's what I'm saying. All she, I, all she's known for is SNL, and she does impressions. Like Are what? Are we just trying to get that old magic back of Ghostbusters because there was two SNL cast members in the original? I just, I think that it's just a. That's who they wanted. There's you got Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, who are the big things, and then they grab these two, on the cheap. I don't well, know. Did, did you I, know that Leslie Jones is the oldest cast member to ever become like a player? Oh, really? Yeah, 47 years old. 47? Yeah. I've never seen anything she's done. I don't think she's really done anything. I looked it up. I didn't recognize the goddamn thing. No, I, and Kate McKinnon, I have no idea who that is, except that she's on SNL, and I have not watched oh, SNL. Oh, and she's an open... Uh, Kate McKinnon's also an openly gay uh, cast member. Oh, like, is she? Apparently, and does a bunch of... <laughs> that's the worst. She does a bunch of gay stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're awful. Um, I, no, I, seriously, she does a lot of stuff for the gay community or whatever, and no. uh, like TV shows. Or, I don't know. Okay. I, I was looking at stuff, and I just these are the things I found out about the new cast of Ghostbusters, who yeah. I have no idea about except for Big Fat Melissa McCarthy. I mean, in my in my opinion, SNL is so done, but it just keeps going, and uh, especially nowadays where people. I can't see watching that full show. You would, you would just next day if you hear something. And again, nobody, anybody at our work talking about. Hey, did you see SNL this weekend? Nobody. But you know, maybe people look up YouTube videos of certain skits or, or whatnot. Well, have you seen it? Have you seen any of the promos they push like, like the day before the episodes or whatever? I know what they are, but I, if I do see them, I don't recognize anybody in them. No, no, it's like a little thing with the like. The yeah, they'll have the host and the. Yeah. And if there's a big music star, sometimes they'll have that on. Yeah, they had they had one on. I think on uh, it's on Channel Ten. I want to say because I think it was on Constantine last night during a commercial. Okay. It's not funny. No. no nothing they did is. I've seen a bunch. Is Keenan and Keenan and Kel in that one. I, no, Keenan was not on that one. Okay. Kel gave up after. Kel gave up after Good Burger. <laughs> I think after Mystery Man. Well, you told me that uh, they both tried out to be on SNL and, and Keenan got the job, yeah, right? Keenan won out. Shit, that's the worst. Now they now they hate each other and Kel is at home. They're not the jerky I, boys. No. <laughs> it's not Kamala Johnny, all right? I actually, if you ask me, 
of both of those. I like Kel better. So do I. Yeah, I, but I. what has he done? Mystery man. Yeah. Good burger. <laughs> and then nothing. Keenan I mean, was Fat Albert. And <laughs> Did SNL. You no. Did you watch that? I never saw it. Yeah, no, no, no. But no, he was also in Nickelodeon's All That with Kel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I did remember seeing, like, little clips of Fat Albert. And that, he was a pretty good Fat Albert. Oh, God, there is no good Fat Albert. Yeah, well, well now can I get to my segue? Yeah, yeah, you can go now. I think I'm done with my hate speech. Speaking of Fat Albert, <laughs> did you hear that Marvel wants Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones? Marvel wants it? Uh, did I say Marvel? I meant Disney. <laughs> See, you messed me up with all that freaking... Ghostbusters and Fat Albert talk. He's yes. the favorite. He's the favorite right now to, uh, for the Indiana Jones reboot. Is Marvel doing that? Well, no, it's it's. Oh, it's, it's Disney. Disney. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I when I first heard this story, I thought it was more news than it was. This seems like a very very non news item. Oh, it's very non news. Yeah, it's not yeah. even you know he was cast. It's like you know what? I'd like to see that guy play Indy one day. Well, I I actually the the thing I read. It said, after seeing him at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, Tomb Raiding, uh, (laughs) Disney is very interested in him being Indiana Jones. And then the story went on to pretty much dismiss the Crystal Skull and said that uh, the way this uh, article made it seem is that Disney's very worried about the Indiana Jones uh, movies, so they want to do it right, and they really think Chris Pratt would be great in it. Yeah, I'm just saying, what are they worried about? They're out. No. It's not like they could do anything about it. They're still going to people are going to still love Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is getting. I mean, really, I don't know how big a name that is anymore. It is with us. We oh, love. Oh yeah, them. I, it's one like Ghostbusters, uh, Raiders. Uh, well, actually, the whole the first trilogy, the first three movies, are some of my favorite movies of all time. Oh yeah, I still say that Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably my favorite movie of all time. That's I love thing. it. I, I normally tend to go towards uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, but yeah. That, that end part with that fucking knight still alive and the Grail getting like you know I don't know for some yeah, reason yeah. it's always bugged me that you can't cross the like the the barrier yep. with the Grail. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I liked it, but uh, I Indiana uh, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark I love because at that point I wanted to be an archaeologist before I even saw that movie, and then I saw that, and then my dad told me that I was talking nonsense and the, you know i needed a real job and now here i am but See, look, I, it, if it wasn't for your daddy discouraging your dreams you never would have had a uh, I'd website i'd be i'd be chris pratt <laughs> but yeah I, I just everything about the movie but what's, what's weird is like i said it's in my top one two or three they, they always rotate yeah, but star wars and all but I don't know that I... We, we watched it the other day, actually, last weekend. And we didn't watch the whole thing. And I don't know that I... It's like one of those things, I love it, but I've seen it so many times. Oh, yeah, I have the same thing with yeah. a lot of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your favorite right now? Uh, damn it, that's a hard choice, man. I, I'm Like, Evil Dead 2 is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Identity Thief 2? I hate you so much. Or... So Trying to think of other movies that you hate. Twister. I love Twister. I you know. know. I know. Anytime I can see a tornado growl like a lion, I'm in. Yes. Puppet Master X. Um, no, no, no. It's it's Puppet Master one through five. That's, yeah. That's, that's where it's all at right there. That's the Puppet Master. You want to set that record straight? That one through five are the best. Are the best. Which is the worst? 
uh, Puppet Master 6 or 6, 7, or 8. You honestly take your pick. A Puppet Master 8 is actually a clip show of the prior fucking Puppet Master, so that's probably the worst. That's Is this going to be on your new Puppet Master uh, podcast? The Toulon cast, they call it? That would be a great one. Yep. Yeah, for you and how many people? There's a lot of Puppet Master fans, man. There's, the 80s and 90s were a big deal for the, the directed video market. There's not a lot of Puppet ready. Master fans. There are. They're, they're still making them, man. Oh, there's a comic coming out in March. And I'm going to review the yep, hell out of I it. I said that you have to review it because you're one of three Puppet Master fans. So the the people demand an accurate and well-versed uh, review. Man, there are a lot of Puppet Master fans. Mm-hmm. Look, Full Moon video, like Full Moon features, would not be still around if fucking there weren't a lot of Puppet Master fans. That is true. But speaking of Puppet Master, <laughs> Chris Pratt is going to be the next Indiana Jones. Hey, we don't know that. Says Disney. I know. Hey, no, well, he can say no. Well, he's back not, to I'm that. Your guardians. He's not going to say no. The only reason he'll say no is he is in almost every movie that's coming out for the next three years. I'm okay. He's a very likable guy. I mean, he's in Jurassic World coming out this summer. Which I want to see the hell out of. Yeah, I do too, but the, we'll see. Uh, he's <laughs> also filming a remake of The Magnificent Seven. That sounds awesome. And that's with Denzel Washington, who, I'll, right. who I'll go on the record as saying, or I will go on the record as saying, I do not like Denzel Washington. Watch The Equalizer, man. It's a great play. I just, I, I don't know. I, he rubs me the wrong way. Or well, does he? Now I just he just always seems well he do, he always seems mad, and to me it's just that he doesn't have a lot of range. That I know people kill me, a lot of people love him. I'm, the guy's very respected. Uh, I just I don't know. I never liked him, never did. Well, he, I told you the story with my uh, my buddy Tommy's dad, like uh, works as a grip in uh, like a bunch of movies in New York, and. Uh, Actually, I don't even know if I should be saying this on the freaking podcast. Yeah. Uh, throwing him under the bus. But no, he said he was working on a, a, a Denzel movie, and he had a, like an entourage with him, uh, like two big bo- uh, bodyguards. Yeah. And the one brought him the wrong soda, and he threw a full can of soda at the dude's face. Nice. There's a good guy. He's a jerk. I, I really, I can't stand him. I'm the, now, I yeah. want to go on record and say this is all speculation. I would not like to get sued by uh, Denzel Washington for, or anybody else like associated. It's weird, too, because I just saw Denzel Washington was planning his night around our podcast. <laughs> I saw him tweet out that he couldn't wait for it. So you're in big trouble, oh. buddy. Oh, God. But uh, Chris Pratt, he's also going to be in a movie uh, version of a comic that I mentioned to you and you said it sounded awful, but it's uh, oh, yeah. the comic Cowboy Ninja Viking, which I have read somewhat, a little bit of, and I liked it. And yeah, it's, it's just the title, man. I, I can't get well, past it's that. It's about a guy who has uh, split personalities and the uh, government goes and trains the split personalities in the ways of fighting <laughs> of a cowboy ninja and a Viking. And Chris Pratt, actually, I think Chris Pratt himself... Like has been pushing to be in this movie that he loves the the whole See, idea. You now you describe it like this. You told me earlier this week how yeah he's like Animal Man. He can just channel this. No, shit. I said oh. that in the comic when he does the things, that's how it's portrayed. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't listen. Yeah, probably not. But I'm out now because it sounds awful. Well, and they actually um, they they announced a director. The actually directors, the two directors of that uh, Keanu, Reeves movie, Keanu Reeves movie, John Wick. 
I hear that's really good. And I, I heard it was too. All I hear is that it can who's really good, and it's about a guy who's pissed off that his dog got killed. And that's hilarious to me. Nah, it kills um, a bunch of people. Uh, as every other movie, pretty much I'm waiting for it to come out on video, and then I'm waiting for you to watch it, and then I'll wait for you to tell me what it's about, because I probably will never see it. Uh, right. And also, you know, I think Chris Pratt might be in a little movie, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I can't wait, man. Which is yeah. weird, you know what? I said, I said Raiders of the Lost Ark's my favorite movie. Guardians of the Galaxy is up there. It's so good. It's yeah. in my top five, and I never thought that I would ever put another movie in that top five. And the minute I saw it, I loved it. And my son Ethan was sitting right next to me. Favorite movie of all time. Watches it all the time. I just watched it today. He just watched it today, he told me. We all heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's all fired up for that. But you'd like Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt. I think he's great. Well, that's the best part is because uh, I found out the news that he's a favorite to play in the office right after I found out the casting news of uh, Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah, so it kind I, of evened you out. Well, it's funny because I'm looking at it and I read this article about Ghostbusters and I turn to my girlfriend and I say, hey, guess who's going to be in Ghostbusters? And I named the people off and she just heard Melissa McCarthy. She's like, oh, my God, and got really pissed off. And I'm like, I got to lighten a little bit. Chris Pratt's was the favorite to play Indy and she got so excited. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, Chris Pratt. Is, it's weird, too, because Chris Pratt, I can't say that I like him because he's a great actor. He's just, unlike Denzel, guy's just a likable guy. You see him, and he just he seems like he'd be nice to hang out with. He's, and he'd help you out if you, you know, he'd help you change a flat tire. He might even help you move if you had a splat He might. Uh, I was thinking, what was Melissa McCarthy's first big uh, break? I hate what, you so much. What was her first TV show? Gilmore Girls. Oh, Gilmore Girls. Isn't that one of your favorites? No, I, I want, you I liked her in that. Yes, she she was very likable in that show. Yep. And yes. uh, now, what happened? I don't know what happened. Honestly, she wanted to get out of that like nice girl persona. Yeah. She wanted to change it up so she didn't get typecast, I guess, and this became the worst person alive. Did you know she's Jenny McCarthy's cousin? Yes, I did. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. I didn't know that until a month ago. I never I even I thought you. of that. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't even think of it. It's just, that's crazy. But yeah, that's the whole bullcrap section of our uh, podcast, isn't it? Yeah, because we, we have some actual DC comic news. Woo! Think of that. We It's been a while. And the fir- that's not true. We had news last week. Get out of here. Yeah, but it wasn't that much. This We actually have four news stories this week. And you can judge them by uh, their worth. But the first one is... The Bat Kid Begins biopic. Why are you laughing? Because uh, it just doesn't seem like news. I, yeah, I really don't think that this is ever going to see the light of day. That's what I think. But Julia Roberts actually bought the rights, and she's going to produce and star in a movie about Miles Scott, the little kid whose Make-A-Wish Foundation special Batman Day was a sensation. And I loved it. I remember when it happened, we oh, thought it was, it was the greatest great. thing. Yeah. And I guess they, they have a documentary about it. I guess Julia Roberts thought that wasn't enough, that she needs to make a biopic about it. That's the thing. I, I forgot about the documentary. I was like, why aren't they just making it to a documentary? Apparently they already did. Yeah, they did. And I, I just, I don't know. It just seems weird. And the other thing is, is Julia Roberts any sort of draw anymore? Absolutely not. No. I, not like, at all. Well, I can't even think of the last thing I saw her in that I liked. 
With the exception of the Oceans movies, because she was in those. Which movies? The Oceans movies. What's the Oceans, Oceans 11, movies? 12, oh, 13. oh. I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. I thought you were talking about some movies about an ocean. <laughs> I remember her in Pretty Woman. Well, yeah. That was, that was what? Like, almost 30 years ago now. Sleeping with the Enemy. Never watched it. Wasn't she? Was she in one of those John Grisham movies? No, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe. And um, what was the other big, the big one? Uh, of course, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. I saw that in the theater. I did not. It was okay. Again, I, I, she, to me, she's not a big draw, and this is a small movie. I guess maybe it'll happen, but it just, it just doesn't seem like it could be a full movie. Yeah, I, I really don't. We're just gonna like you know have an actor play bad kid, and we're gonna follow him around on his day through San Francisco and this whole made up thing. You know what? I I actually think it'd be more about the behind the scenes of getting it together for the bad kid. So they'll be you know we can't shut down the city for a kid. I don't care who he is. That's the bad guy. <laughs> That's the bad guy played by Ed Asner. Ed Asner's not alive anymore. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, he's always, he's a big political guy. He's always yelling about somebody. If he's dead, then I apologize. Then he won't be in Bat Kid Begins. But if he is alive, he, Ed Asner. Cast him now, Julia. And, and go with my impersonation. I don't care who he is. We're not Something. shutting down the city. It almost is, is Ed like. Is Asner the mayor? Yes, it's like Jaws. That we can't close the beaches. No, so, it's the 4th of July. It's our biggest draw. All of a sudden now, it's uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah. We're not shutting down the breaches. This one, nah, no way. Ay, ay, ay. Well, that was the first news story. You, you good with that one of big news? Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I, I want to watch the documentary. I suggest everybody watch the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second news is that the Supergirl pilot, it was announced that the pilot will feature Lumberjack as the first villain for Supergirl. And also the possibility of Superman being mentioned and then later possibly being in the series. And that was, I guess, uh, TVLine.com reported. And then their thing, their official thing they said was Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Zorel, will have her work cut out for her from the get-go, seeing as her adversary in the series pilot will be the DC Comics Betty Lumberjack. I don't even know who Lumberjack and, is on top and, of and, and to that end, the CBS freshman is seeking a Hulk akin to Rory McCann, the six-foot-six actor from Game of Thrones, to play this big, burly monster of a man who has battled Kara's cousin in the that's past. Right. And yeah, that six-foot-six is a monster. Yep, in the past, and shows up to ascertain her level of power on behalf of an unseen superior. So do you know who that is, the Rory McCann? Yeah, he's the guy who plays the Hound. I, yeah, I yeah, the Hound. Plays. I actually, yeah. is he a big, burly man, that guy? He's gigantic. Is he a monster of a man? Yes, he is. And he's taller than you, isn't he? By an inch. By an inch. You're not a monster of a man, by the way. I don't no, care no, if you're. Smooth. I don't care if you're six foot five or or five foot six. I'm very imposing. How dare you? Yeah. So maybe you. That's maybe you can be lumberjack. No, I don't you got that like... beard going. Does lumberjack <laughs> wear a headband and an eye patch? That's more of a. That's mind. more of a pirate than a lumberjack. Mm. And you know what I know about lumberjack? Nothing. I don't know anything about him. Oh, I thought you meant in general. I'm like, that. Monty Python sang a song about him. Uh, I was going to say, what you wanted me to give you a full-out description of what I know about lumberjacks? I, I didn't know what you are going uh, for. Mostly they are from Canada. They like cutting down trees, and they drink a lot of maple syrup. 
<laughs> That's what I heard about a lumberjack. So all lumberjacks are in Canada. And, and they like to run on, uh, do that running on the uh, logs in the river. <laughs> I love that. That's always the best. And they go down the river singing songs, and, well, they sing, they move their arms back and forth. Well, you have to. You're on a fucking log. That's, and they wear flannel. Lot, lots of flannel. In fact, I believe three members of Pearl Jam are, in fact, lumberjacks. <laughs> three? Only three. <laughs> and in my mind, there's like 12 people in Pearl Jam now. I have no idea. I'm sorry. You said Pearl Jam. My mind immediately went to Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So, like, three, huh? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Three members of Nirvana are lumberjacks. Unfortunately, one is dead, and we're not including Pat Smear. That's really odd that is your nirvana uh info for the for the podcast but do do you think that lumberjacks aside do you think that they're going to have superman in the series with supergirl you really have to because that's where i really think that the uh supergirl movie there's a lot of problems supergirl movie but um christopher reeve was originally supposed to be in that movie and he fucking said no way and it's bailed out yeah you kind of need that he didn't like helen slater (laughs) <laughs> no, he loved Helen Slater. Oh, did he? Everybody did. Get oh, the hell out yeah. of here, Jesus well, Christ. Here's the problem, though. You know, when I look back at Helen Slater, I get her mixed up with, uh, uh, what's her name that was Tank Girl and in Point Break? Oh, God. Uh, Lori Petty? Lori Petty. Oh, God. Uh, Don't ever think of that. I know. I'm sorry, Helen Slater. <laughs> uh, but I think we had when we had that Supergirl news story... I think we put that, and I tweeted it to Helen Slater and got no response. <laughs> I was hoping Helen Slater would, would tweet it. But, uh, back then, I don't I read something, and I agree. If you put Superman in the series, you might have the problem where the episodes where Superman shows up are big hits, yeah. and then people don't want to watch without Superman. So you, they're going to have to really you know, do it in a... Uh, you know, some way that you don't just make the, you know, blow your load with Superman in the episode and then That's when a, he... I don't know. You have to have Superman for, like, uh, Supergirl to make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I think well, how they're saying it, and even in this little, I don't know if this story was something that leaked. If somebody reported it, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't, story, I don't. I don't look too much into the news stories. I don't do any research. But <laughs> when they news, say man. yes, when <laughs> they say like, oh, she, he's battled. I think that a lot of times, uh, what it's going to be is that he's going to be mentioned. I think it's going to be in passing. Like, oh, too bad your cousin isn't here, and oh, I'll get you, you. Well, it's, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there for like a little, like a little thing, but it's like uh, the new show, The Librarians. Yeah. Noah Wiley is not in the like of the show all the time, but he jumps back in because he's the main character of the TV movies, The Librarian. Yeah. It's all based around him, and then the new recruits, which the show is based off. But he jumps in from now and again, like for the season premiere, like uh, an episode in the middle, and then for the season finale. Yeah. And it's all right. I'm saying I don't. I, I don't watch the show. Well, actually, I watch the show for Lindy Booth because I have a fucking giant crush on her. Yes, I but, don't. Uh, I don't watch the show. I, I actually watched all of the TV movies and loved them. And now the show's on. I haven't seen more than ten minutes of the first episode. Uh, John Larroquette's on. It's great. I hear it's great. Uh, John Larroquette's in. I'm in. Damn right. He's uh, TV's most favorite TV actor. He's one of mine, too. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so tired. Uh, he's America's sweetheart, John Larroquette. Yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was that then. Got a lot of awards, though. 
He was he's a big award winner, Emmy award winning uh, John Larroquette. Is he uh, is he good in it? Yeah, he's really good. He does plays he, an asshole. He how, plays, that's what he's well, born to that's, play. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, I I don't think that they'll have him in it. Superman, that is. I don't mean John Larroquette. Well, that's the thing, then. Then you have to have people who are going to watch the Man of Steel movies and Batman v Superman. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's not going to be Henry Cavill. But if it was, it'd be no. awesome. Well, maybe they'll have John Larroquette as Superman. I wouldn't mind him playing her father from Krypton. You would like that? Yeah. You don't want him as Superman. Yeah, I want I want an old ass man playing Superman. He's put, what is he thirty two now? John Larroquette. <laughs> he might even be a lumberjack. What do you think now of you're that? Just talking, you're just talking nonsense. I now. know. Well, the next story is also a Supergirl story, and they cast Jimmy Olsen, and <laughs> that is Makad Brooks, who is in Necessary Roughness. Have no idea what that is. I, say, I, I saw this news bit, and I I'm no guessing idea it's a football. Is it a football TV show? Necessary roughness. Sure, no idea. Okay, he was also in True Blood and Desperate Housewives, and I went to our resident True Blood expert, my wife, and she right. said that she does know the character that he played. I believe his name was Eggs, and she said he's really good, and he's. Oh, you know what? I did watch one with them. Okay. I do recognize the name Eggs because I only watched okay. that show till like episode six of season two, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't remember him being very good. I just remember him in it, so I, okay. I have a frame of reference now. At least. Yeah, well, he's going to be Jimmy Olsen. Uh, there's talk that he's going to be Kara's love interest. Well, and... they kind of played it off like that in um, in uh, Smallville. Smallville, yeah, but that's now you know that's news, right? right? McCad yeah, Brooks. Shit's, shit's going down. More superhero TV shows. Yeah, yeah. And the next and last bit of news is also TV news. And it is from the CW's Flash. And Andrew Kreisberg, who, as you know, also does the uh, Green Arrow book, right? Uh, no, Mark Guggenheim does the Green Arrow. Okay. Kreisberg so, does the Flash book. That's he? what I meant. I'm, yeah, he does the season uh, zero Flash. That's what I was yeah. on screwing everything up uh he announced on twitter that gorilla grod will be on the flash yeah yep gorilla grod and i know they've been hinting at it a couple times and uh supposedly it's full cg there was a there was crazy talk that it was going to be a guy in a gorilla suit then somebody was saying that it was going to be an actual gorilla i kind of want it to be an actual gorilla i don't know why but crazy. this is going to look awful, I think. I, like, every time I think about Gorilla Grodd being on Flash, I think of that, like, awful animatronics gorilla from uh, Congo, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Amy, Amy want, good gorilla. Amy want food. Amy good gorilla. <laughs> I don't remember. Gorilla, is he going to, like, you know, is he going to speak, or is he going to give me some Amy want, like, food? Amy. I, I actually didn't see Congo. A bunch of people went and saw it, and I said, that looks awful. It was and awful. It, it's funny, because at that same, the same time, they also went to see The Island of Dr. Moreau. With uh, Val Kilmer and I didn't yeah. go to that either. So it was okay. It was. A uh, I I think I I think I made the right choice both times. <laughs> didn't see. Go watch Shawshank. Yes, but uh, the one thing about Gorilla Grodd is I hope that he would be in more than one episode. I hope it's just not one episode where he just shows up, they do their thing, and go. I think that he's a big enough villain to have at least you know two episodes, two or three. 
little arc with him. Go with the gorilla though. Like at least in the comic books, you have him being uh, from Gorilla City. Well, you that's know, maybe they'll thing. show. That. I I know that it's TV, so that... yeah, it's not the same thing. No, same. but it'd be nice. Be cool. Not gonna happen. No, it would not be cool in a live action like thing. Comic books can get away with it, but live action is absolutely no way that you can have a Gorilla City. You're a jerk. <laughs> you could have Gorilla City. No, they can mention it. No, why would they? It doesn't make any sense. Come on. It was a gorilla that was experimented on, kept in a cage. It broke out at the particle accelerator explosion. Yeah. Well, he's going to cause chaos in Central City. And that'll be that. But that's also the news. And we're going to take a little break. Because that's what we do. Fair enough. All right. All right. I'll be right back. One, two, three. We're back, and we're here with the meat of our podcast, which is the books yeah. that were released this week by DC Comics. And this week, we're doing a little thing different. We mentioned it earlier, where we're not going to talk about every single book, but we're going to talk about featured books. How do other podcasts do it? How do other podcasts do it? I know. I'm just saying. How do they, like it? It takes us forever <laughs> if we went through every goddamn book. Uh, the weird thing is, is I know that we like to pride ourselves in reviewing every book. Yeah. So when we started doing the podcast, I thought we would pride ourselves in talking about every book. We're Unfortunately, uh, it, it, it doesn't seem possible for us. It seems as if if we did that, it would be a week-long podcast. It would, probably, <laughs> it would be 72 hours. So I know some people tend to feature books some and what's weird to me is i listen to a couple podcasts that will talk about books that were months old like they'll gather books together like they'll talk about the bat family one week then the next week they'll talk about the superman family and it ends up like i said you'll have issues from weeks ago and it just seems odd to me but i listen to them and i enjoy it Uh, i like to hear about the books that came out yeah, so do I. That's but there were so many that came out this week that we decided to try it a little different. And yeah. I'd like to mention, since we're trying to make this a legit podcast, that when we do these things, we would really, really like people to actually go to the site and read the reviews as well to get a little more in-depth uh, analysis from us, <laughs> like stuff like, uh, I can't wait till next week. 
and wait till you see that cliffhanger. <laughs> These are all stuff. This my uh, my reviewing books 101. I go, I open it up, and it's like, man, did this art look great? And then I'll, <laughs> I'll mention stuff like, boy, I wonder where they're going with this stuff like that. The reviewer extraordinary. Oh yeah, I, that's when like a couple times a week, probably what I usually have about eight reviews, about six I mail in. I don't even that. <laughs> I'd like to say I don't read the books, and I just write. I actually do read the books, even though when people read the reviews, maybe they think I don't. Um, that's, that's the difference here, because when I'm when I'm reviewing books, I'm I'm talking about it like I'm sitting next to you on the subway, and I'll tell you everything that's going on. Yes, yes. They some people call that uh, diarrhea of the mouth. Yes. A yeah, diarrhea of the page. Yes. I I don't really ride in the subway, but if I did, I wouldn't want you sitting next to me talking about comic books. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, even to do it what, what, yeah, when we're talking about, it, we do have a different review style, which is odd. We we have a site together, and yet we have such a different style. Where I don't like to spoil books, and you spoil the hell out of them. Everything I can. Yeah, I I don't. I it's just we have that different philosophy. I would rather somebody read a review that I do and uh, by now I would hope that maybe I have enough cred that they would think okay if Jim if Jim likes Batman I'll I'll check it out Jim always likes Batman yeah I know but you know what I mean but you have the philosophy of people will go and read the books and then have you read them back to them no, it's not like in that. The, it's, it's going through, and then you want to see if you missed out on anything that maybe somebody else picked up on. Yeah. Or even the reason, half the reason I review my books this way is because I remember being a kid and not having a lot of money, and I couldn't afford all the books I wanted, but I wanted to keep up on what was going on in DCU. This way, uh, I totally bypassed DC getting money. Yeah. Well, and they can find out what's going on. And this is kind of the uh, the rub of the podcast that we're trying to kind of get a grip on is that. We don't want to talk the ins and outs in, on the podcast because now then we're triple dipping. If somebody has read the book, then they read your review, and then they listen to us talk endlessly about it, uh, at some point somebody's going to want to punch you in the neck. Most likely. Yes. So, But, again, I don't spoil things, but here we kind of – I don't know. Here we'll we're, spoil the shit out of it. And everything, like I, everything is a work in progress. That's kind of what I was getting at. That we're trying to Lousy figure out formats. Yeah, we're trying to figure out kind of how to go about this, but we're we're trying. So we have the books, and I'm going to start out with Batman number thirty-eight, which was written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo. All right. And you know what, Eric? How are you talking like that? <laughs> the Joker is immortal. Fucking nonsense. I'm going to talk like this the whole podcast now. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's... you're trying to seduce my ear holes. Yes. This whole uh, Endgame story has kind of come down to the idea that the Joker has always been around and is immortal. And I'll tell you, I like the idea of the quote-unquote Joker always being around. Well, I don't like you anymore. But I don't like it that the Joker is immortal. If they told me that the Joker has been around because he is more of a, I can't even describe it, not a concept, but it's he... A bogeyman? Kind of like that. But to actually make it seem so far that he is a physical being who is immortal and is always... I don't like it at all. 
It's and, nonsense. I, I read the book today, and I was so pissed off because you, yeah. you had explained it to me like uh, was it yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. and I thought it was nonsense. And then I read it, and I'm really pissed off because they're changing the whole character now. Well, that's what I don't like. That's why, and up until now, I've been telling you about uh, Batman, and you have been telling me that I'm full of crap, and everybody's full of crap, and the Joker isn't back. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm still not even convinced he's... I, I guess I have to be convinced I mean, at this point. I think back, he's but... back. This whole now, When they throw in this immortal thing, I think that's the, the kind of in there with, yes, he's back, but now is he immortal? Has he always been around? And in the in the comic they show where uh, Julia Pennyworth is going through, and they, they've hinted at this before, where they've, you see old photographs, old things, and uh, the Joker's in almost every disaster that's happened in Gotham. Any bad thing that's happened in Gotham, he's, <laughs> you know, he's photobombed. You know, I just realized. What's that? Scott Snyder must have watched, um, oh, what the hell was it called? It's a Stephen King uh, miniseries back in the day. Uh, it. No, no, Salem's it. Lot. God, damn, just don't start naming shit off. You're going to fuck me. But anyway. It's the all Stand. About... Oh, I hate you so much. These are all good movies, though. <laughs> the best is I've never seen any of them. I'm just naming things. You're the worst person. Misery. No, it's a, uh, that wasn't no, that wasn't a miniseries. The Dark Tower. Uh, God, they never made that. You're, you're just totally throwing me off track now. I got nothing. I got nothing. It's, Ghostbusters. Uh, the whole point is this fucking demon-like creature, this okay. vampire, yeah. comes to this Salem's island Lot. I hate you so much. Isn't Go it on. Salem's oh. Lot? No, it's a no, no. That was about vampires. This is a different kind. This is. Oh. Go, go, continue. I hate you so much. Twilight. Talk about Batman. <laughs> okay. So this whole thing is, is, I don't even know what I was talking about. This whole thing, this whole end game seems to be that you they want to show you, uh, number one, that the Joker has always been around. He's immortal. And they push it again, uh, this issue. Uh, the one thing, though, that I really, really, really like about this, and I mentioned this this week to you, is that I like the story. Now, the the other thing, Scott Snyder, it's not, this isn't the God-like Batman. This isn't the Batman that can, you know, do everything without with ease. This is a Batman that's, you know, in Zero Year, we saw him struggle to, you know, the Riddler, all that. And in this thing, um, especially this issue, he's in big trouble. He's having a lot of problems, and he doesn't know what to do. Do you agree? I'm not talking to you anymore. Continue. You son of a bitch. And uh, so I really like that. I like seeing Batman struggle. I like that he isn't, uh, he doesn't have a plan for this, which everybody, oh, he's always got a plan. He doesn't. He's desperate. And yeah, in, that really threw me off, though. It's like seeing Batman this vulnerable. It's like that is something new and interesting. No, I like that. Yeah. Uh, then he, he calls Dick. And, you know, he's, like I said, he's pretty Fertilizer. desperate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He calls Dick, and Dick's in his spiral duds, and uh, he's talking to him, and he actually uh, drops the bomb to Dick that uh, Joker knows who he is. He knows that he's Bruce Wayne. He knows everything. And uh, Dick pretty much tells him it's over and tells him, get the hell out of there. This It's over. We're done. And, of course, Batman doesn't do that. But the one thing, though, that I didn't like is he's talking to Dick while he's on top of a building. Yeah. And then Dick's like, you better get out of there. And he's like, uh, you know, no, I'm going to stay to fight. No, no, get out of there right now. Like, Dick has this huge, where are the cameras that he's watching? Satellite, man. 
It just seemed odd to me. I know Spiral must have that, but it seemed odd. But it did, it did remind me a bit of uh, Left 4 Dead, where they yeah, were they're climbing that. up the building. The and, walls, yeah, 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 so he's waiting for that. But... Hey, Jim, Jim, Jim. Yes, yes. Storm of the Century. That was the miniseries. Okay, Storm of the Century. <laughs> I yeah. don't, I've never heard that. Anyway, still in the century, it was like uh, this character came in who's always been around at every disaster. Okay. And, like, he was at Roanoke when all the settlers disappeared. It's this whole big thing of this, like, ancient evil that always comes back around. And, like, you know, this island is isolated because of a storm. Mm-hmm. And this thing comes in and starts killing people. And then it ultimately makes this decision where if you give me what I want, I'll go away. Wow. But reading this, it just made me think. The character's name was Andre Linoge, which was an anagram for uh, Legion. Okay. And, uh from the Bible and all that, you know, you know, Bible stories, right? Yes. Like you don't, you liar. I do. I'm a big Bible fan. <laughs> I don't think that anybody's ever said, I'm a fan I'm of that Bible. I'm a big Bible fan. I'm starting my new Bible uh, podcast next week. <laughs> I thought you had a Boston Red Sox cap on. It's a Bible cap. Yep. It's a Bible cap. I hate the Red Sox. I would never wear a Red Sox just, cap. So you shut your mouth. B. I was thinking of a thing with a B on it. Fuck nope. you. All right. So what was it? It was The Shining? Storm of the Century. Go fuck oh, yourself. Okay. Well, back to, back to Batman 38. So Batman's in trouble. We see him struggling. And he goes to see Dr. Paul Decker, who is... Yeah, I can't believe you caught this. I've yep. been reading this. I never would have put it together. You told me the, beforehand. Never would have put it together. The guy has a quilt wrapped around oh, him and before the panel that they get to it he batman specifically says that he's crazy <laughs> and then they go he's it's crazy quilt and the funny thing it i mean crazy quilt's a joke yeah he's not a joke here but he's done <laughs> he's in one one issue and he's done there's no more crazy quilt i, I, I think everybody's okay with that no, I just, dr death as well yeah yeah well crazy quilt Kind of uh, goes along with the idea, tells Batman that, yes, the Joker's immortal. He's always been around. Uh, in fact, he's given me this uh, little thing here. He's going to inject himself with something the Joker gave that's going to make him one of those immortals like, as well. And he even points out that he thought that Batman was one of those. He thought Batman was immortal, too. They go through a whole Dionysus thing. It's, you know, all that. Well, crazy quilt. Then injects himself, saying that he's going to be Batman. He's going to be immortal. And then proceeds to almost melt like the guy in uh, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then it looks like he falls and uh, gets eaten. But uh, yeah, I think of the guy from uh, RoboCop when he went drove into that vial of toxic waste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing in the whole thing, if, if people are listening to it or read it, Batman has a weird Arnold line in this. Where he's just and he yells to him, "Stick around!" Do you remember that? Well, he's hanging out of the window he on the quilt. He's hanging that. on the quilt naked, <laughs> and Batman out of nowhere just goes, "Stick around!" Stick around! It's so weird. <laughs> and then he's talking to Julia, and he's trying to figure things oh, out. Oh, I'm so glad you picked up. Oh, on it was that. so <laughs> ridiculous. I actually laughed and thought, "Why did he say that?" So weird. I, was, like I said I was going through the book, getting ready for the podcast, Damn. and. Uh, I didn't really like look into it as deeply as you did, I guess, because uh, I was just looking for the meat of the book. But damn, that is good. Yeah, yeah, it was very odd. But then he dies, I guess. 
it looks no, he, like yeah, he's really yeah. dead. And um, you said it was, uh, you said crusade, yeah. And he drank, the, he, he, poor, he chose poorly. Yes. <laughs> he chose the real fancy cup. <laughs> he's done. But then um, the issue ends. He, again, this whole thing, Batman's just struggling to figure out what to do. So he goes to uh, get some help. And anybody who's read Scott Snyder's run of Batman has to either be horrified or just squealed with delight because I, I squealed. I, I squealed too because he goes to the Court of Owls for help. And to me, that was awesome. That was it so was awesome. good. The only be- problem I find though is that everybody loves Scott Snyder's Batman. It's yeah. like it's a given. Everybody loves it. Yep. But he seems like a one trick pony. Um Yeah. I guess two tricks because um, we have the Court yeah, of the Yeah, Joker and Court Joker. of the Owls. That's yeah. those are his go to. And I mean people would probably say the Riddler as well from Zero Year. I didn't like Savage City. Yeah. I um well, we'll get to the, the this whole thing, what you're saying. I gave this issue a nine four. 9.4 out of 10. That's weird. And I just, I, I have to admit, I say this all the time, when I read and review Batman, actually not even read, I like reading it. When I review it, it is the worst book to review for me because it's, just, it's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> it's, it seems like to say, you know, it's cliched to say it's layered or it's dense, or but it ends up even even with Crazy Quilt, right? It, going in and you know everything that's thrown in, it, it comes to a, it's come to a point now that every time I read this book, I'm looking up everything that's mentioned because he does throw so many things in there, and wow. throws little and you know throws red herrings there. He throws yeah. you know everything around, and you try to figure out what's going on, and in the end, I'm exhausted. And usually, you know, a little inside deal with us, uh, we've talked about it. Usually a book to read and review, you know, might take an hour. This book takes, this book takes me two hours. And it's not like it's uh, that much. It's just, to me, it's, first off, it's Batman. So to, I, personally, I tend to try to do it a little better i don't know i i it's, it's not even that you have higher standards i don't know the, you know what's weird i'll tell you what why i don't why i don't like reviewing it when i do these books when i do batman i tend to not be in a good mood while i review it so uh, like some of the other books i'll throw in a lot of jokes or references i don't do it with batman because by then i'm so tired from just the the overload of stuff and me trying to get it that it really it it does it wears me down and that's one of the reasons why it's weird it's batman's biggest book in dc yeah and i get to do it but yet when we decided we were going to switch up books in june to kind of get a little fresh take on things first one i told you you have batman and i'll i will probably i i will still read it and uh i think i'll enjoy it then because it's just it's so much and again it's hard to do a review for a book where scott snyder is very good greg capullo's art's awesome it is so good but again like you said about scott snyder me reading reviewing this book it's just it's starting to get stale to me right and it's a shame because the book's great i gave it a nine four i say all this stuff and then yet every week i give it a nine or above because it's always great to me 
like but, Batman Eternal for you as well. Yeah, yeah. It always just it seems to wear me down. I don't know if anybody feels that way while they're reading it, but it's not fun to me. It's great, but it's not fun. Well, it's uh, like what. Like Wednesday, when I first do my reviews, I like to get the weekly books out of the way, and I have Future's End and Earth 2 World's End. Yeah. And for a long time now, the books have not been very good. But like After I get done reviewing both of them, I am in a bad mood because the books have been garbage. Yeah, yeah. So it just, it, there's, you know, every book has its own little thing, and like you said, if a book's horrible, but yet you think you have to review it that first day all the time... Yeah. Uh, then it wears down on you. Again, Batman, it's almost too good all the time. And you even said Scott Snyder's kind of a one-trick pony, two-trick pony, three-trick pony, but it's always, it just seems very stale to me. And I think that it's going to be a good thing for you to kind of jump into it and start reviewing well, in June. I, I always thought that you were some kind of hack, though, because you're always bitching about... <laughs> I am. About, uh... But now I'm actually worried about reviewing this because, like I said, I I just I went through the book today to get the meat of the story so we could talk about it. Yeah. And I I can I would not have picked up on Crazy Quilt. I wouldn't I wouldn't have said anything about that. And like the well, stick around's not a big deal. But no, I, I didn't now even I'm put that in a review. But it made me I, laugh when I read it. Oh, you should have put that. No, I, I again, it's no jokes. Batman's no joke book. <laughs> I like jokes. Yeah, so do I. That's why I'm saying there's other. But I'm going to be doing. Uh, the Flash coming up, jokes. Like, uh, you know, a lot of books that we're not going to talk about, but like at Gotham Academy, uh, yeah. fun book. I, I had a great time. I really enjoyed, you know, doing it. Harley Quinn, that's all it is, is jokes. <laughs> and it's fun. And uh, like I said, there's a difference to me between great and fun, and a lot of times I prefer fun. Batman is not fun. It's great. It's, it's great, yeah. It's not fun. But, but I'm still not happy about Joker being immortal. That's fucking nonsense. Like, he had already changed up the character by cutting his fucking face off. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's back because now he regenerates for some reason and uh, is immortal. Well, again, at, like at the beginning of this arc, he was fighting the Justice League that were Jokerized. And yeah. we haven't seen much of them, you know, any of them since then. And you're right. It, I don't think Scott Snyder would do like a it's all been a dream deal. Because uh, he's better than that, uh, but it still might end up not what we think. Well, it's definitely going to end up not what we think. But I still think the Joker's there. I think that it's going to be like you said. I like you said uh, about Twilight that there was wasn't it Twilight you said that Stephen King novel. I hate you so much. Uh, what? In, uh, Storm of the Century. The Running Man wasn't that. Yes, yes, it was. I know it was. It was. Name, Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. Um, no, I, I think that it's going to end up that the Joker ha is this boogeyman that's been around. It's, I don't think it's been that one guy, but that's the way they're pointing at right now. I'm saying that I, I'm off the Joker then, if that's the case. Yeah. I want this to be a fucking nutcase that wants to fight Batman for the rest of his life. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, too, we've talked about uh, the Joker and Scott Snyder. And he's announced that this is probably his last Joker story. And we've talked over and over that there's so many other villains that they could do. Or again, Court of the Owls, great because, and he made it. And yeah. it's his villain, and it's so good. Such a cool concept, and such a great way to take Batman in a different way than, than there's ever been. And yet, he's doing another Joker story. And I just, maybe that's why it's become stale to me. Well, Sam, we, well. uh, we had, we had, uh, 
death of the family, and yep. then we had which uh, the the year like the year zero year mm-hmm. where we saw Red Hood, which I still assume is the Joker. Yeah. And now we're back to the Joker again. It's yeah. It's it is getting stale to me. Just the fact that we why are we dealing with the Joker? I know this is the Batman title out of all the other Batman titles, but why why does the Joker just get free reign here? Nah, Scott Snyder must love him. Who doesn't love the Joker? That's what I'm saying there, but using him the way like Death of the Family, a lot of people say it's anticlimactic and shit like that. I love Death of the Family. Yeah, I did I too. Love Faceless Joker. Yep, I did too. And then that, and also that, but, yeah, but it also gave birth to our favorite character, Joker's daughter. I hate you so much. Yeah, the, we, <laughs> hate, we hate we hate Joker's it. daughter, which was so ridiculous. I don't want to keep saying I hate you so much. Yeah, me. you really don't like me. <laughs> Okay, we've had enough of Batman. Yeah, that Okay, so next up you have... I'm letting you say it. Oh, yeah, really. The Multiversity Guidebook, number one. Oh, yeah. Written by Grant Morrison and art by Marcus Two, Paulo Sequeira, Dave McCaig, and Hi-Fi. It's a lot of people. Uh, I, I like to label everybody now because At... I got called out by the one yes. colorist on World's plus, End. Plus, it's a pretty damn big book. It's a huge book, and yeah. honestly, I want to go back to talk about Batman because this is so such a huge fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, where do you start with this book? Multiversity is a crazy freaking title. Yes, it is. And people you know, love it, though. I know, but that's the thing is, I really enjoy it. But Grant Morrison, I I don't I don't even know how to say this without sounding like a complete hater. Is uh, he's a weird writer. You know, they, everybody says he has layers. If you like, you're just too stupid to understand. If you don't get it, shit like that. I hate that. Mm-hmm. But each, well, like each issue going up, we've had different Earths each time moving throughout the issue, like stories each month. And this is like kind of that culminating one to get us ready for the second leg of the story. Well, here's the thing: what you said, I even mentioned it with uh, Scott Snyder with uh, the layers thing. Yeah. And there's a difference to me between. Uh, like a Scott Snyder and a Grant Morrison, because to me, Scott Snyder or a lot of other writers that, oh, they're dense, they have layers, um, they get back to finishing things. (laughs) To me, it seems as if Grant Morrison is mentioned that he has layers and it's deep and things because he just throws a hundred ideas out there and maybe develops a couple, lets a couple hang, a couple just disappear completely. And um, I... Go ahead. Is it a case of everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room? I think and that, like... I think that's part of it, and I think that there's certain there's certain writers and there's certain people in every walk of life and every sort of media, especially where nobody wants to say anything bad because they don't want to look stupid. And I think Grant Morrison is definitely the uh, the comic book writer that's in that vein where if I say I don't like Grant Morrison, people aren't just going to say, oh, you know, you don't like his style. They say you're just an idiot. You don't understand. Yeah. Or, and it comes, me and you talk all the time about Keith Giffen. He is yeah. known as the quote-unquote funny guy. He's right. so funny. Uh, we do find him funny sometimes, but I don't think that he's particularly hilarious. Uh, again, then it's, oh, you don't get it. And I just oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't I understand. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but I don't know. Multiversity. I again, you reviewed the book. God, Did you read this at all? God bless you. I page, I page through it. <laughs> it is, it is big. I know. Uh, I'll tell you that I love the art. Oh and, yeah, and I love what I could understand. But again, it seems uh, this book. 
I guess I should be able to just pick it up and read it because it's basically, to me, it's just, you know, I pick it up. Everything should be laid out. I'm still confused. I'll like, say, did, did, you, did you read the first uh, issue, this multiversity number one? No. No, it's like what I'm saying. That one starts out with uh, the last monitor reading a comic book. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, the cursed Ultra, comic. The cursed comic, Ultra Comics. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, to his right on his bed, is a pirate chimpanzee. It's talking yeah. to him. Yep. No explanation. Yep. I'm just supposed to go with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, again, but, I, in this book, I, I love like the Chiba stuff. Is that his uh, Chibi? I Chiba? think you call it Chiba, Chibi. Chibi, I don't know. I, I put that in my review because I, I read that was a thing. And yeah, yeah. I, I just used it as a way to fucking keep telling you. It's, it's a tiny little Batman. Person. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is so cute and looks great. I like the Commandi stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I liked all the art in this book. Yeah, yeah. But like I'm saying, we, we start out where the whole, the whole premise of this whole thing so far is that there's a, a uh, group or entity or whatever called the Gentry that's going to destroy the multiverse. It took over the last monitor, uh, Nick's, uh, how the fuck do you pronounce his name? Nick's Uata, uh, mm-hmm. Captain. The, uh, the monitor. Yeah, the, the last one, Uatan. I thought it was Uton. Uton, all right. Yeah. Uh, say, I need some animated series. I, I deal with him a lot in the, um, Infinite Crisis fight for the multiverse. He's, oh, really? he's in that. And, yeah. That's oh, the last, go. that's the last I'll talk about that book right now. <laughs> But anyway, he got possessed by the, the gentry at the end of the first ep, uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Now, here we are where it kind of ties in a bunch of stuff with uh, throughout the uh, issues we've gotten so far. Because it starts out with uh, a bunch of Dr. Savannahs from different multiverses banding together to go from world to world to take out the, the enemies of that Savannahs. And that's collect the League of Savannahs. Okay. And th- they picked Earth-42 and got a little Savannah and killed the little chibi uh, little leaguers, they call themselves. That's cool. Yeah, and then uh, the Earth Seventeen Batman who shows up from Nova America, this fucking awful, awful world. He shows up and they're just fighting, and then out of nowhere, little Chibi Batman picks up the Multiversity Guidebook and starts paging through it, and we get to see what he's reading with the Commandi stuff, where Commandi finds mm-hmm. a uh, burial site that turns out to be Dark Side, and looks like Dark Side awoke and broke out of it. And inside that burial site is the story of the entire multiverse. Like, the entire history of DC Comics from the birth of the Silver Age Flash, Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. And so we go through, the, that's a really cool part. And then we just jump back, though, and then it becomes the guidebook where he tells you all the all the different Earths. Do you so like the, far. I really like the way that the um, the actual colors, and it, it looks like an old comic to me. For what? When it goes to the commodity stuff. Oh, yeah, the commodity, because you got the, uh, the, uh, the new gods there, and it really looks like old Kirby comics. Yeah, it looks like an old Kirby comic. That's, that's, I think that's such a cool little twist. But, yeah, then you, then you go and uh, you get the map of the multiverse, like you said, which is, yeah, we love like, shit like that. I do. It's like a list, you know. I love finding out detailed shit, but it, and it was not as detailed as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Grant Morrison decided it's going to be seven mystery worlds that he wasn't going to no, talk about. Of course. I like that. I said, he's got to do something like that. But it, it all comes down to at the end, uh, it's going back and forth between the Commandi story of Earth Fifty One and the Earth Forty Two story with little Chibi Batman fighting off, you know, Death Bots with uh, Earth Seventeen Batman. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the issue, we see Yu- uh, Nick's Yuatan, like, is in the Commandi Earth, and he's like, you know, pretty much sending them on their path or whatever. He's the one like writing it, but he wrote, "I found you on the wall," and I don't know what that means yet. If it means that he found Darkseid, because he, like, he said he's the one who awoke Darkseid and released him. 
I don't know if that's what it's in reference to. Mm-hmm. But he also says that he's doing this in the name of the empty hand, okay. which I found interesting because you know that that big symbol you like. So it's a big thing in DC Comics where you see the hand holding the universe yeah. when the universe was created. And I'm thinking this is like almost like an anti-monitor figure, but it's an anti-creation figure. Okay. And it's going to destroy the entire multiverse, and they're the ones behind the. the, the oh, they're not the. He, it's the one behind the gentry that are going to destroy the multiverse. Mm-hmm. That's what I get from it, at least. And then at the end, we go back to Earth-42, and uh, the empty hand is there, and it brings all the dead little leaguers back to life. So he has a, he has a, like an uh, army of tiny little fucking Justice baby leaguers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you going to do with them? What are you, you going to do? <laughs> there they are. Uh, which was your favorite Earth? Of this, of this one? Like, uh, of the whole guidebook? Of the guidebook. Do you have one that, like, you know right off the bat? They're like, oh, man, that's my favorite. Well, I'm saying, I'm a big, well, besides for what's going on now, I love Earth 2. Okay, I want to yeah. see that more often, but I don't know. That's a pretty people, lame answer. It is a very lame answer. But, no, the one I really I, I was happy to see that was still around was from the uh, a trade I read when I was, um, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. about batman superman generations okay where it's batman and superman first meet in the uh, 1930s and it goes through their entire life okay. and i really like that trade even though it was outside the normal kind of you know how things work but i really liked it but it's still part of the multiverse and i was happy about that i'm um how about earth 8 you big earth 8 fan the marvel one no, yeah, yeah. You don't I, like really, I don't care for i know about. one on on our site with comic our comments it seems that the um Batman Beyond Earth is the one that's actually caused like the most talk that people seem to really get fired up about that. Yeah, we talked about this. I really don't see how, like, because um, people are saying it's just Batman Beyond, but Batman Beyond is the future of the animated series. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it encompasses the entire animated series. It's just that we've moved past that. Batman Beyond is what's going on now or was. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to call it that the Batman Beyond universe because that's what all the other animated series will become eventually. And um, it's with um, the Justice League Beyond, and uh, it, does that have the Justice Lords as well? Or you said that's a different. No, that's Earth. a whole different Earth because, okay, yeah. because they actually jump Earth, so it's all part of the multiverse of the fifty-two yeah. worlds. Yeah. And Earth thirty-three, I'm, I, I, I don't know how to say this yet, but or what I actually think it is, but that's where the Ultra Comics comes from. Okay. Now in the description, it says that there are no superheroes here, and it seems that people's thoughts create things in the other multiverse mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm guessing that's like our world and but it says the only superhero is ultra comics which i don't like why would a superhero be named ultra comics they have the picture of the guy on the comic book there yeah yeah and, but i'm thinking that is just like a regular you know you and me type of earth where we create comic books and somewhere else that's actually uh one of the worlds yeah yeah and then I, I i could be completely wrong because it's morrison's layers and whatnot yeah, it's weird when when this first was we saw this coming out. I just thought that it was going to be just the map of the multiverse, and then like it, like they have in here the description of each yeah. Earth. I had no idea. I really didn't think it was going to have a story around it. Well, I figured it was because it was seven ninety nine. Well, like yeah, this. that now that's I actually thought it was going to be like almost like an almanac of the Earths, and it was just going to be. Things I, I even even when people were talking about it beforehand, uh, when we put the preview up, was more like I wish that this wasn't just a guidebook. I wish they would show this and that, a big event from this or that. I think well, yeah, because the, the preview pages were just of the guidebook. That's what I'm section. saying. I think that a lot of people thought that 
it was just going to be a guidebook, which I I don't know. That's cool in itself. I'd actually like just to have that. Yeah, I but going into this even to the till Wednesday, I thought, how the hell is he going to review this? Yeah, like, it's like no, reviewing an encyclopedia. <laughs> and then I didn't even until I saw your review go up seven ninety nine. Holy moly! The heck! I, I thought I was going to have to like figure out a whole new review style, and you yeah, know, I, know. I, I hate change. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, speaking of change. Oh, hold on! I got. I gave that one an eight point five. Okay, yeah, I didn't even ask you. I'm sorry. It's all right. So an eight point. So you liked it? Yeah, I'm saying. Besides for the confusion that every issue brings, and what it's all going to mean when everything's said and done, because yeah. everything that Grant Morrison's doing. I enjoyed the story we were given. I enjoyed the guidebook. I like knowing those things. Yeah. Uh, well, what's funny, even um, last week we mentioned during the podcast that you hadn't done Thunderworld yet. Yeah. Uh, it was a month old, but you you always, you know, even if we're behind, we always want to get that issue up before the next issue comes out. And yeah. you did it and loved it. Yeah, it was a great issue. Yeah. And I really, I'm really glad I did do it because... The events of that led into this. So you even had the the Marvel family coming in to take out the Savannah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So yeah, so you liked it, and it was big. Oh, it's huge, man. I, I don't know this. Do you a, know offhand what the next uh, multiversity book is? Uh the uh, the Mastermen. Okay. It's multiversity. The Mastermen. I I, I want to say it's the Mastermen. For some reason, I feel like I'm screwing up. But no, it's multiversity Mastermen number one, and it has to do with. Uh, with uh, Superman landing in Germany okay. instead of uh, Smallville, and he's like a big threat. And then um, you know you have Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters going after him. That seems like the uh, the was it the Red Sun? Yeah, Red Sun is yeah. like you know it was also included. Yeah, yeah, kind of seems like a take on that. It is kind of, but it's it's the Freedom Fighters with Uncle Sam. You know, it's yeah. really fun, patriotic stuff. That's cool. It, it looks good. Yeah. Well. My next book is The Flash number 38 by Robert Van Ditty and Van Jensen and art by Brett Booth. And I don't mention the other people because they didn't give me crap. They only gave you crap for not mentioning them. Nobody's called me out on it yet. Uh, well, you know how we started this thing where you're like, let's read all the books for each other's doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that for this Well, one. neither did I. <laughs> I mean, I read this one, but uh, yeah, Multiversity, I paged through. I, yeah, there was a lot of books. I had a, you know. I get lazy, but I did I read. It, I know, did read this. Now well, I read it and I reviewed it, and I loved it to the point where I gave it an eight point eight out of ten, which seems to be the highest uh, review of the of this issue. And it continues the future Flash slash Savage Lands of the Speed Force story, which again I enjoy. A lot of people are having a lot of problems with this story, and basically, in a nutshell. Uh, Future Flash, Future Barry, and present-day Barry had a little uh, showdown. They baboomed into each other, as I'd like to say. And Yeah, and uh, Future Barry ended up de-aging to look exactly like present-day Barry, while our Barry ended up in the Speed Force, which is also known as the Savage Lands, which is kind of a land of the lost type of world um inside the speed force and that's what's been going on and what you get is you get the weird uh kind of creepy future barry doing things a little different he is a guy he's 
obviously he knows what's gone on and he's come back with a vengeance and a vendetta against anybody who's done wrong and it's almost like i said to you if you're reading injustice it's almost like superman's idea of listen i've tried it one way never worked all these people i keep letting go and being a nice guy end up killing more and more people or doing more and more bad so i'm going to end it right now so what he is he's like a bloodthirsty flash he is going to kill people he's going to be an awful guy in the meantime he also is uh getting busy with patty his girlfriend at, while also setting up iris uh, to succeed more, he's been giving. Because as I said, I didn't read the uh, the whole issue, but the parts I did read, it seems like he's pissed at Iris. Well, he, I think he is at the end. I mean, um, the one I well, no, well, at the beginning, well, no, well, at the beginning, the dead well, here's the thing: uh, he's going through the dead bodies, and what led into that is he leaked a story that there was bodies from the Forever Evil. That right. when all these people died, these bodies were never identified; they're just there. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough manpower to identify him. He leaked the story to Iris. So Iris had this big expose like, oh, my God, look how bad the Central City uh, police force is. And, uh, they have these bodies. And nobody's identifying them. They don't care about people. He leaked that story to her. So she announced it. No, she announced it. She wrote the story. And in the meantime, then all of a sudden, Barry's like, they, we got to uh, – what's his name? Uh, Singh. Uh, Police Chief Singh. You say so. Yeah, said, you know, somebody's got to do this. It's going to be overtime. I don't know how, of course, but I'll do it. So he's not mad at her because he's the one who made the job. So he's identifying these bodies. In the meantime, he's using it to kind of figure out he's, they're going after a villain named Overload that they keep uh, yeah. they keep kind of throwing out there. It's a, it's a villain that is in the Flash's future, but now he's found uh, the first victim of Overload. So that I was really that like little this bit. And that's that little bit. So he's going with that. In the meantime, he is going to stop the villains any way possible. So anything that happens, he's going to stop it. And what you see in this issue is that uh, the rogues are downtown Central City in the financial district, and they're robbing a bank. And he gets the call, and he's like, I'm, I'm heading there. So does Iris. So she's going, he shows up, and it looks like the rogues are breaking in or at least trying out a new heat slash fire villain, <laughs> uh, Napalm, who is a real dick. And the funny thing well, I thought, too, I, I, I thought, I thought it was funny, though, because while they're doing it, Napalm, it's like one of these where it's this new guy and the rogues go in there as Mirror Master. He's, he's the leader now. Uh, in fact, he's pissed off. He even mentions that Captain Cold's now legit and getting all the accolades, and he's got to get his his deal. But it's almost like he's there, like, okay, everybody, you know, give us your money. And Napalm just out of nowhere, yeah, you're gonna burn in hell. He just goes nuts. So he just goes. <laughs> oh, he's a Baptist. This he, year, yes, right. yes, he goes bonkers. And uh, the funniest thing in the whole issue, I thought, was when Mirror Master basically admits that that he's their third heat villain <laughs> that they're trying to get. They cannot find one. Of so I I don't know how bad those first two could be. Because hey, Jim, would you say that all, they're all hotheads? They are hotheads. See, <laughs> just uh, what, it's, what does Arnold say in, in Running Man? When it's, oh, uh, I can't remember. And it's Jim Brown. Jim yeah. Brown. And I can't. What was his name in that? I thought it was, it was Fireball. He, Fireball. 
yeah, yeah, Fireball. But now you got me off track. Yeah, Thinking of Jim Brown and Fireball. <laughs> but yeah, so they're going on, and the whole thing is he shocks everyone there by, this is future Barry, by basically severing the arm off of Napalm. He has this weapon that he, you know, he devised in the future. Oh, and then he goes, then he goes, you've been disarmed. <laughs> We've got to keep up with the one-liners. Yes, the one-liners. The, well, then he's, there's Mirror Master. Mirror Master basically says, you know, what the hell, Flash? What are you doing? You know, you're not a killer. And then uh, you have the, the standard, the people, the police uh, that show up. They're all, Flash is really, uh, you know, really getting bad that it i i'm running out of words it's late but basically this whole thing to me is setting up for when barry does come back the real barry and everybody's gonna hate him you're and, gonna have some explaining to do yeah he's gonna have some explaining to do and there's gonna be no i he's really gonna be hated because he is an ass the future barry just doesn't care and then iris uh, basically out of to no one i know my next story flash is a killer and what she runs bitch. off. Yeah, yeah. What a jerk. <laughs> Barry has just given her what she said might be a Pulitzer Prize story. And then again, then again, so I can't petty. even say that. I can't say that she because she doesn't know Barry's. Yeah, life, I would so say that. She I love the care. fact that though she's so catty. He's like, about time somebody other than Lois Lane gets. Yeah. Her. Oh, she's such a jerk. <laughs> oh, poor Lois Lane. Everybody hates her. Uh, no, no, this, this might come off as a stupid question, but I haven't been reading Flash in a while, so I've kind of missed out on this whole future Barry Flash thing. Yeah, I only yeah. read the beginning of this issue. But does future Barry wear the current Flash costume? Does he have his all future? No, he has costume? the blue. He has the blue costume. And they even say, I think, oh, man, he's got a new costume. They say that a lot. And it's just it's so just... weird to me from what we saw in Future Zen, when you know, long-bearded Barry with the regular costume yeah, on 35 yeah, yeah. years in the future. Yeah, no, he's got the blue, the electric blue. But that's, and again... And I'll talk about it a little bit after I talk about uh, what regular Barry's doing in the Savage Land. But I really don't like the future Barry. I like the f- I like it, but I don't. I think it's he's not a villain to, to me. He's not as strong a villain because it's Barry. Right. So yes, he goes about things a little differently. You know, he's bloodthirsty. He wants to. But again, in my mind, when he does these things, all I can think is. Yeah, he's he's seen it happen, and he realizes this is the way to go. They never make it seem like oh, like again, it's it's Barry. So I really wish that they would have been able to uh, do something. And I even put my notes that like a uh, Dan Slott did with uh, Superior Spider-Man. So good. Yeah, where it's Doc Ock in right. Spider-Man, and so when he's doing things like. Uh, you know, getting a little sexy with certain people. It's creepy. And it comes and you get mad. I say that it's creepy, but then I think about what I would do in his scenario. I would do the yeah. exact same thing. And again, I think that the whole thing with the superior, uh, Spider-Man 2, it ends up being that Doc Ock isn't, he wants to show that he can be a better Spider-Man. Yeah. And I wish that this would have been, and of course the obvious person would have been Reverse Flash. Right. If reverse Flash and Flash were fighting, there's a big explosion of the Speed Force. Somehow there is a switch of bodies where Reverse Flash somehow enters Barry's body, and then in that meantime, his consciousness or something would go in the Speed Force. To me, that makes sense. I mean, it could work. 
I, I'm not a writer. They do a better job, but that's just a basic idea that I think would have been better because then you have a real villain and a villain who is going to make Flash look awful and you would get angry. But this, I just, it, it doesn't come across as having a real villain. As it turns out, though, all you need for everybody to get pissed off at you is five years in the future. And that's right. You. Yep, yep. Well, and the other part, which, again, I gave this issue an 8-8, and I like this, this story arc, but to me, there's so many missed opportunities. And the, the whole part with uh, Barry, our present-day Barry, being in the savage lands of the Speed Force, which people, again, don't seem to like. I don't I, care. For I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, when he first got there, he got ch- he was being chased by a dinosaur I, and a robot. And in this issue, he even says, like, we're here with dinosaurs, robots, and robot dinosaurs. I and really me- like that line. That is, that's so much fun, though. And what I like from Flash is fun. And what yeah. would be more fun if you would have the Savage Lands where he's there and it's people from out of time, all there. You could have... Roman legionnaires, you can have Ben Franklin, yeah, I don't, you know, you can have whatever you want, Amelia Earhart, it doesn't even need to be explained to me, they're just there, and again, with robots, and uh, dinosaurs, all this stuff, you have guys, Ben Franklin riding a dinosaur, for Christ's sakes, it'd be so good. Hey, if you want this, you know what you should do, you should watch Doctor Who. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. I did. (laughs) When Matt Smith left, so did I. But, what we get in the Savage Lands and in this book is actually Barry in the Savage Lands where he doesn't have Speed Force powers, which, again, I think that's a big mistake. And he is with a bunch of refugees that are there. And in this issue, uh, the main guy, Selkirk, who has been helping Barry, explains to him uh, that he has been studying the Speed Force, or he did study the Speed Force, and he'd searched it out and found out that the Speed Force is something that's been throughout history, that every civilization seems to have had a story of a speedster. And finally it led him to an American Indian who knew of where the Speed Force was, and it was in this, Utah at the Salt Flats. It sounds like the Batman story. Yeah, yeah. So... They yeah really there's and the Joker is not in this but maybe he is <laughs> and they go to the Salt Flats which if you're a any sort of Flash fan you know of the Salt Flats because they always end up in the Salt Flats where he you know runs fast but when they went there the funniest thing is the Selkirk is the leader in the Speed Force Savage Lands and you find out that basically he got too close and fell in. That's what happened. There was this, the Speed Force. There was a that, oh, no. that rip in the Speed Force, and he just he was clumsy and an idiot, and he got too close and fell in. They realized that with his knowledge of the Speed Force, he should be the leader, and he's been the leader. Uh, but really, in the Speed Force, you don't get a lot of this Savage Lands. I want to know more. I want to see more. You you know, there's a civilization there. They have a uh, like a, a community. Little city to me, it looked a lot like it would be like the the Ewoks might have built it, or maybe you know, <laughs> you know Land of the Lost type deal. Right. Uh, but you don't get a lot of what they've done. You don't see a lot of the enemies, stuff like that. And I I really wish that you did. I really wish that we could have had a full arc with this, where it would have been explored and 
had a lot of fun things. You could have had a lot of battles with dinosaurs and robots and robot dinosaurs. And even other people in the Savage Lands. But uh, what happens at the end of this issue is basically, uh, or at the end of the Savage Land deal, is that the Selkirk tells Barry that uh, out of nowhere, since Barry's been there, you figure he wants to leave, and the Selkirk uh, knows how. So they leave, and they're going off, but you get the idea that something, uh, it's not going to be that easy. Something has to be done that's really going to, uh, you know, have, some sacrifice must be, or or why would they still be there? They have to do something that, and uh, human sacrifice. Yeah, I don't know ass. what's going on, but they go off with a couple guys. We'll see hey, what happens. Runs on blood. Yes. Come on over here. Then they go back to the present time, and uh, Patty, unfortunately, seems to be very close to discovering that the future Flash isn't her Barry, and there's <laughs> Barry looking on, very pissed off. <laughs> and I, I think that Patty is in a lot of trouble because she's found she, you know, she's a uh, forensic scientist as well. So she right. is, um, she's studying things and kind of realizes that one of the uh, future Flash's victims from issues ago has a, um, like an experimental fiber is found that isn't even in existence fully yet. So right. she's, you know, she's getting very close to realizing that there's something from the future going on. And like I said, Barry's kind of future Barry's there looking a little, you know, pissed off like he might do something. But I gave the issue an 8.8. Like I said, I I do enjoy it, even though I, like I said, it seemed like I have a lot of complaints about it. But I like what we get. I just wish we would get get a lot more. And I think that certain things could have been uh, done a little better and made it a little more fun. But uh, now, I still hold on a- Wait, wait, wait. I, I've been thinking this whole time. It's, it's the leader of the uh, Savage Land bit, is that his name Selkirk? Yep. All right. I, I, I didn't get it all into this issue with the Selkirk stuff. Cause pretty much when we got to the Savage Land, I saw robots and dinosaurs. Yeah, and yeah, and that's all you looked at. And then I was done, man. But um, I get the idea that he's telling his origin story. Is it? Did he do something like this where he's all like, you have to understand, I was looking for the Speed Force. I was like Icarus, and I flew too close that's, to the I sun. That's, I think he should have said that, because he did. <laughs> he fell in. I could just see, and the best part is he's there with this American Indian, and I, I just imagine this American Indian just like, what an idiot, and just shaking his head and walking away like, what White the hell idiots. happened? White man, not no, me go back. Yeah, so that was that was it. 8.8, I liked it. A lot of people don't. They can go... Uh, Suck an egg, as they say. I, I don't know, man, because everything you're saying doesn't sound like you're like like convincing. I know, like it. I said, I do like it. I just wish it, it had the potential to be so much more. And but uh, like I I love the Flash, I do, and I like the idea, but it just it just seemed like some missed opportunities. Let's let's go on to the next book. All right, next book we got Future Zen number thirty nine, written by Brian Azzarello, Jeff Lemire. Dan Jurgens and Keith Giffen with art by Stephen Thompson and color by Hi-Fi. Mm, you go and, with all those people. You don't like oh to get yeah. yelled at. Damn right. I'm done getting yelled who at. Who was man. it who yelled at you? <laughs> I can't remember. You don't even remember. I don't, I, I don't remember. He was, no. he was the colorist oh. on Earth 2 World. Oh, I hope uh, he's not listening. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel really bad. Yes. <laughs> so the thing is, I love being dicks to people until they call me out. Then I'm an instant coward. Yes. <laughs> but well, no, um, just when you think this book is going to get interesting, well, I'm telling you, you hope week after week. It's like, all right, this is going to be the issue to blow me away. But like many others before it, 
This issue has a lot more boring shit. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read it. You didn't read it. Well, you... here's the thing is, we, we like we said, we try to read each other's books for this podcast, but a weekly book like this is so hard to just so jump I... in. I don't have any frame of reference right now. I stopped reading it after about six issues. And I was enjoying it then, but I mean, you tell me about it each week, and it doesn't sound like anything I want to be involved with. Which seems like this week too, right? Well, like, uh, oh yeah, it's pretty much. It's just that normally we get like like four stories per issue going back and forth to different people. And uh, this week we're talking to Firestorm, who's just like, you know, she's a new Firestorm, but last issue she's like, Dr. Players, hey, you help me. You could have the JLA uh, teleportation tech. And uh, I was really pissed off at that because Stormguard and Superman were like, didn't say a goddamn thing. And now in this, this issue, we're on the Justice League uh, satellite. And there's uh, Superman just being like, just standing there while Dr. Polaris is going through his shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like talking to Firestorm, who's just giving him a load of shit about being an, an asshole for like questioning her. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and instead of Superman maybe contacting the rest of the league and asking, you know, is this all right, guys? He, he just goes with it. And Stormguard, I think, is pissed because he's not even in this issue. He's just gone. He's pissed. No explanation. I'm guessing because I'm saying he's not in this issue at all. Yeah. It's just Superman and Firestorm going through, like, you know, in the satellite while Dr. Players rummages through their tech. And that's, we got that, and it was just, it came off boring. And then we jumped to Smallville, where Constantine and Clark are, like, going around for some reason searching for evil spots that Brainiac has marked throughout the ages. And each time they do this, they come across, like, the first one was this robot, you know, Brainiac monster. And then Superman destroyed it. Then they went to uh, Siberia, where they found an energy bear monster. And... Now that they're in Smallville, which some, for some reason Smallville is an evil place, and that could be possibly why Clark's uh, ship landed there in the first place. It s- sounds like some bullshit. Yeah, know? that sounds but, weird. But you know what monster you get here? What? Corn kernel monsters. Little fucking tiny corn kernel monsters just decide to come alive and start attacking Constantine and Clark. You didn't You didn't read that um, swamp thing where... He went through the popcorn, did you? No, no, I read that. Uh, did it look like? Did that. it look like them? No, no, because oh. it looked a lot more stupid than that. Okay. Just think of little individual corn kernels that grow heads, legs, and arms okay. and attack you. That sounds very uh, imposing and, and threatening. Like, this, was, this was such a silly notion to me that, like, eventually Clark just said, "Fuck it," heat vision the whole area. Yeah, <laughs> made I popcorn. Wanted, I wanted them to make popcorn because of how silly that would have been. So I, good. Nope, just gone. Uh, and then uh, Constantine's friend Mid, she gets a corn stalk like impaled through her, and he's like, "How about a bit of redemption, love?" That's the worst British accent ever. Yeah, how about some redemption, love? And she's like, "How is that?" Coming. Brainiac's coming. He's he's gonna take Manhattan. So Clark flies off, and we're done with Smallville. <laughs> and then we just you know we jump at there's a, there's a bit with Fifty Sue, and it's just and not even Fifty Sue. It's uh. King Faraday and his... It's its boring as shit. Nothing happens. They're like, what are we going to do about her? I don't know. Oh, shit, Justin's gone. All right, I guess she wanted Justin. It's all bullshit. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But uh, <laughs> at the end, we jump back to the satellite where Dr. Polaris is still run, like rummaging through their fucking tech, and then all of a sudden the alerts go off. Something's coming. You can see the Brainiac symbol, and I'm thinking to myself, God, this wish you was awful, but you know what? Shit's about to happen. Yeah, you're, now you're excited. No, but I do this every issue. Yeah, I, that's what it and seems. And I get let down. There's a, I, I hear, I, is it Future Center? It's actually World's End that somebody keeps uh, talking to you on Twitter about how they 
same thing. So I'm talking out of out of school. Well, I don't no. know what I'm saying. Oh, um, and there was there was one other bit where uh, Amethyst brings uh, Frankenstein to Doctor Frankenstein's castle, and he's like, "I will help you, my son, if you like agree. I'll transfer your mind to a new body because his body's dying yeah. now that the nth metal's made immortal." And uh, she's like, I'll, "I'll fix you, my son. I'll transfer your mind into a new body, but I have to. If you agree to this, I want you to know I'm going to tweak your mind so you'll become my faithful soldier and son for the rest of eternity." So obviously Frankenstein says no, and as a way to really press the issue, Amethyst cuts off Doctor Frankenstein's head right then and there. Lovely. <laughs> that and, sounds awful. So and then Frankenstein's just like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to die. Amethyst, do me a favor. Give me a pen and paper. I'm going to write down my life story. <laughs> I just what? <laughs> so it's just over. All the shit we've been doing, Frankenstein. You know what? I'm going to die. I'm cool with this. He's. You love Frankenstein. I do love me Frankenstein. It's just, uh, come on, guys. Yeah. We've been, we've been dealing with this for so Now he's just going to die? <laughs> I, I just, so, it's the weirdest part about this book, though, is I, I like the Frankenstein part. It's just that I, I don't get if we're going to, you know, continue this story arc. Yeah. Are we done now that Brainiac's coming? He's just going to die. But um, I realized we're talking about this. That while reviewing it, I can just, you know, it's a paragraph for each section. It's usually how I, I write it out, you know, when yeah. I'm doing the explain it. But talking about it, it's it's, ridic it's ridiculous to talk about because there's all these different sections, all these different stories going on. Yeah. And I, I sound ridiculous because I'm just trying to get all this information out to talk about. Um, but I still want to put it on the podcast because I feel that even it's a weekly, uh, a weekly, series, a weekly series. Yes. And weekly series. Yeah, words are hard, man. Uh, yes, they are. Series, but I feel we need to talk about it. It's important. This and World's End, these books are the bane of my existence right now, but I still feel we need to talk about it because it all leads to convergence, and it's a big deal. Yeah. But talking about it is the worst. <laughs> I, gave, I, I gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10, and it, like the art was all right. It's, and I, I like the... I like the stuff where Brainiac's coming, you know shit's about to go down, and I like the stuff with Frankenstein even though he just gives up again. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned before that it is odd to me that these, uh, both the Future's End and the World's End titles, don't, uh, not a lot of people review them. No, and it's, it's really going down. Yeah, it has. I mean, it was a big thing, and it's it's not the same, like you can't, you can say, oh, it's because it's a, uh, a weekly book. But uh, Eternal, I mean, Eternal doesn't get the, the same reviews as Batman, but it does get its hand. You know, there were oh, eight yeah. eight reviews this week. I haven't reviewed Eternal yet, so there'd be nine. But with um, Future Zen, there's four, including you. Yep. And uh, what's World's End usually? Like is three. It? Yeah, three. Three is like the highest, right? Like I think that you normally gets now. Yeah, that's odd because of just like you said, you would think that more people would be uh, interested in because they do seem to be heading towards convergence. And uh, maybe maybe in March we'll get more people back because it's, that's when it's ending at the end of March, right when convergence starts. Yeah, so, but you, usually you don't. You know that would be grabbing a, a series that you could possibly by then be missing twelve issues, or you just think the people are reading it, not reviewing it. I think that I, people have just stopped re reading it. Oh, the sales go down each month. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's weird. Uh, then again, I don't think that Future's End itself or, or uh, World's End have gotten a good review from you in months. 
it's been a while now. That's the thing yeah. is, I like Future Zen started so strong, and I was really like, I, I was really like wary about uh, wary, weary to uh, review a weekly book like you, because you're always complaining about Batman Eternal. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, then I got two, and but I really thought they were strong books when they started, but now they've just been garbage week mm -hmm. after week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump to a book that I believe is not garbage, and it's actually was a godsend that uh, had a new creative team come in, and I think you might disagree with me. But oh, I don't know. It's Catwoman 38. Uh, Genevieve Valentine is the writer, and Gary Brown is the artist. And I love the new Catwoman. This issue wasn't as strong as some of the others since those two have taken over uh, from uh, Anne Nocenti. But it still was good to me. And what this whole thing, the Cat, Catwoman now, uh, it's funny because if they could and if it, if, if it was possible, they should really change it to being Selena Kyle. Should be the name of this book. It's, it's hardly Catwoman. And I love it, though. And it's basically Selena is uh, slowly trying to become the head of the Gotham crime families uh, to be able to turn things around and make things right in a different way. She wants to be in control of the bad guys so that she can make them do good things or stop them from doing bad things. <laughs> and um, It's that gray area. Yeah, well, she's always in that weird gray area, but in this, it actually, like, before Catwoman was in the gray area of, uh, she'd steal things, but, you know, it wasn't that important. She wouldn't, you know, Batman would show up, they'd head to the rooftop, they'd <laughs> do things. I even mentioned in, in my review that it's funny because a lot of people want a strong female character, and to me, that's what you're getting here. But yeah, she's got a power suit on. She's yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, but what people seem to want from Catwoman is what they used to get, the sexy suit and the uh, heading to the rooftops with Batman. But, uh, and it might show my age a little bit, but I kind of expect that power suit to have shoulder pads. Get like shoulder it. pads, that'd be good. It <laughs> might. The power suits in the it 80s might. shoulder pads. Yep. Uh, she's in her power suit, the uh, pants suit Selena. And in this issue, you see that uh, it continues the whole thing. Since the beginning of this arc, you're getting the idea that she jumped into this with uh, high aspirations. And slowly she's learning that not only does she have to get her hands dirty uh, doing what she wants to do with these crime families, but it's starting to really mess with her mind as well. And the main thing is, is that she had to decide to have her cousin killed a couple issues back because he was a snitch and she didn't want to do it but she had to do it It was one of those things where people snitches were watching well snitches get stitches snitches got killed and it was mainly to save face to do what she had to do and what her plan was she had to have her cousin killed and in the crazy way she had her cousin other cousin her cousin's sister do the killing and that's why at the beginning of this issue you see her and her cousin i you did read this yeah i read yeah this at the one. beginning when no the, idea you know the the cousin that you can see has that scar sitting yeah. with selena that's what's that's that whole thing is that she had to make her kill her brother and they are kind of you know that kind of tends to put a uh a little bit of a rift between you when you have... It's a uh, damper. Yeah, yeah. So, and then what you get is what you have gotten in this book is she goes to meet with Black Mask, and that ends up bad. Selena, again, I like the, the 
I like the scene because it shows that she, how tough she is. She she means business. She's tough, and uh, she can handle a high heel with the best <laughs> of them. But what I uh, the the real thing I I loved in this issue is you finally get to see Batman show up and kind of question Selena of what what the hell are you doing, and then they kind of fight and then they flirt. And that was they, a sexy dance. And then they f- fight, and they dance, and then they fight, that was like and they Gomez flirt. Morticia the tango. Uh, yeah, and uh, basically she's trying to tell Batman, like, listen, back off, trust me, and know that I'm trying to do the right thing. And Batman comes across as kind of a dick to me here, where he doesn't want to listen to anything and basically calls her out and says, you're not, you're, you're not like this. You, you're a better person, but in Selena's mind, at least, she is trying to be a better person, and she's trying to make Gotham a better place in a way that she thinks that she can. Um, then the new Catwoman shows up. They have a little talk. and Now, now have we seen what, what she actually looks like? Because she was like kept in the shadows, and you only saw the back of her head the whole what, time. What, the new Catwoman? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Later on... It seems like it was it was kept meant to kept the mystery the way. No, it was, no, no. Uh, Later on, um, you remember the part where there's a girl talking to her father, and he says that you are my, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, her. That's oh, cat. Yeah, okay. that's Catwoman. See, I'm sorry. I jump into this issue cold. I'm completely lost. Yeah, yeah. No, the the Catwoman now is the daughter of like the yakuza. I think the last uh, head. Catwoman I read was the uh, Robin, like the Requiem when Robin yeah, died, like yeah, Ryan. Yeah, so, that's a long time ago. That's right from the yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, the the Catwoman now is the Yakuza's uh, daughter, the head right. of the the Yakuza crime family, and so they're both her and Selina are kind of working together to kind of go behind the scenes and and do that sort of thing. And what I I said in, in past reviews, I really really like the idea of this other Catwoman, which again. I seem to like things that everybody hates, but I like it because, again, she has a reason why she's being Catwoman. Catwoman has kind of disappeared. She took up the mantle because her dad is a bad guy, and she wants to make Gotham good as well. So she's almost she is like the superhero version of Catwoman. She's not a, a burglar. She's not that sort of thing. She's being Catwoman to try to make things better, and then she teams up with Selina. And uh, somewhat Batman. Batman knows about her. They say in this issue, like, yeah, we met, and that sort of thing. But then Batman goes off, and then you see that uh, Black Mask is basically gathering all the Gotham crime families together to eliminate Selina and the Calabrese's. And then you get a little surprise where the Penguin is involved again. And the Penguin was in this uh, arc at the beginning when Selina was trying to take control. She wanted to see who would be with her and whatnot, and... Uh, penguin kind of that was just... the most interesting part to me because I love the penguin, but besides that, I I couldn't get into this. Yeah, part. yeah. Again, it's like that's the thing. Like Stan Lee always likes to say that every comic is someone's first comic, and if this was my first comic for something, mm-hmm. no idea. Well, here's the thing. It's it's funny because not only just the art style of Gary Brown, but it it, it tends to this feels more like. Um, not an indie comic, but this would fit in well to me like a Vertigo comic. It's more of this crime story. It's it's a um, an organized crime thing that just happens to have Selena Kyle in it, and the you know Batman showing up, stuff like this. But it's far from a uh, you know a costume superhero book anymore. It's more of a gritty crime drama. I really like it. I don't know if I like it so much because of what was before in Catwoman, 
or right. that I just like it because it is so different from any other book right now in DC and what this is. And I'd like to point out that one of the books that came out this week that we're not going to talk about uh, uh, since, uh, what is it? What's G.I. Zombie called again? We always, <laughs> I always forget about it. <laughs> Uh, I want to say it's called Sensational War Stories. <laughs> That's Star-Spangled, Star-Spangled War, Stories. War Stories featuring G.I. <laughs> Zombie. They, uh, Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti doing that book are trying to make that a mature book by just shoving mature things as in like uh, sexual innuendo, blood, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. This Catwoman is a mature book done in a way that's a smart way of doing it, where it's a mature story where it, you know, they don't have to throw curse words in. They don't have to, uh, uh, decapitate everybody. It's that it's a, it's a mature story. This is a great book to me because of that. It's so different from any other ones. And it's such a, uh, like a breath of fresh air for this Catwoman that, and I mentioned it already while we were talking tonight that I really think that this is a great Selena Kyle book and it gives, It's also you. You don't have a lot of strong female characters, and this is one of them. This it's really good. And the one thing though I didn't like about the um, the book, and I've had problems with since this arc started. I like the tone of that of Gary Brown's art. I like that it's different. I like it's gritty because this is a gritty story. But this issue more than any other since they have taken over. It's confusing, and I I know the characters. I've read each yeah, issue. I and was confused the whole way through. There's parts where in this I didn't realize, and and one of them was, and I even mentioned to you, uh, who Catwoman was, and right. Um, it actually took me a bit to realize who it was. I was, who is this? And her dad. Some of the it's more confusing than it should be in this. And again, it's a style. A style is a like a, a pencil heavy with also not a lot of detail. It's more of like a, you know, a non-detailed deal, but it it has fit the story up until now, but this issue, it was just more confusing than, than it needed to be, and I really so, had problems with it. And The thing I like the best about it, though, because I'm saying I haven't been reading, but Black Black Mass has been a character in this for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that much, at least, but it look, I can't say this for certain because I don't know the, uh, like the rest of the back issues yet. It seems like his, his mind powers he got at the beginning of the New 52 are gone. Yeah, now, no, no. God. Right now, he is basically just another crime lord. And that's a, what I want Roman yes, that, to be. that's what he is. And it's really good because you get this, you know, you get this whole behind-the-scenes deal of who's in charge and, you know, voting yeah. and who's going to be. And he is gathering his people. Uh, and as they say in, in this issue, they even say it specifically that Selena's alone. She's really, right. she's trying to do the right thing, but what's ending up, it's really, everything's stacking up against her. And um, I think that she's gotten in a little over her head right now. And what she has done, trying to be uh, something to change Gotham in a good way, is not ending up the way it is. And now Penguin's getting involved, so who knows what's going to go on now, but... Uh, I don't know. Penguin kind of has been sitting on the sidelines waiting to see who's going to rise up and what's going to happen. And now he and that's seemed, why I love the Penguin. Yeah, he's, I, it looks like he's going to make his move, and I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, but again, I gave it an 8 out of 10. And um, I don't know. If I would review it right now after talking about it, I might have even gone as low as a 7. 
but I've really enjoyed it and I did like it but the art was a little confusing to me this issue but that's all I have to say <laughs> I'm right, done well, I'm done with it take it away just drop the mic yep boom <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to uh, another one of my weekly books Earth 2 World's End number 17 written by Daniel H. Wilson Marguerite Bennett and Mike Johnson and again too many artists for me to name because mm -hmm. it would be the rest of the podcast if I named all the artists because I'm going to talk really slow if I had to. But yes. this this book, what this fucking book, this book has been bad for a long time, but I actually like this issue a little bit more than normal. And it really shocked me. But the re And the reasons that it, uh, it picked up for me is because they actually went back and explained some stuff that I've bitched about in the past. Like last issue, Batman uh, said out of nowhere how he's gonna he has like he's been taking Venom this whole time. Like no, you have not been taking Venom, man. So we've been taking Miracle, and I got all pissed off. And at one point, he's fucking injecting uh, Superman's blood into him, which somehow gave him I don't know PCP powers. Yes. No. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, faces of death when the guy was on PCP. Like basically, the guy was Superman. Yeah, I I, I don't know. A really like, awful Superman. He's a drug addict. Now he's just giving himself whatever he can to keep up the superpower act. But now yeah. in this issue, he goes back and says, yeah, I was taking Miracle until, like, you know, Val destroyed it. Now I'm taking, like, you know, this cloning solution and then uh, Venom. But he uses this Venom to jumpstart Huntress's heart because she's normal again. Like, uh, Jim, you haven't been following this as, like, you know, closely as I would have liked no, you to. No, no. But Huntress got turned into one of Desaad's Furies of Apocalypse. So she mm. was, like, this... Horrible, like, deadite-looking creature with bat wings. Okay. And I realized, like, from reading this uh, series, that if you don't like something about someone, if you hit them as hard as you can until they stop doing it, everything will be okay. Because the, the way she reverted back to normal is that Power Girl just, like, slammed her down to the ground from the sky really hard, and then she's okay. I'm going to the... put this into use, my daily life. Just gonna go around hitting people. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's what you learn from this: is that you, you just solve things by hitting. That's good. That's good. <laughs> my my family better beware tomorrow. <laughs> You're gonna read about you. In the oh news. yeah, I'll be in the news. I will not be at work on Monday. I will be in jail. <laughs> but believe me, all of their little uh, things that are uh, pet peeves of mine, they'll be gone. I was. I, I just can't wait to hear the trial with the Power Girl defense. Yes. And they'll let me out. No, but fucking, she's been turned into a fury. She's all just, she looks like a bat woman now, actually. She actually okay. has bat features and bat wings. And then she got slammed into the ground by Power Girl. Now she looks like beautiful Huntress again. No, nothing on her. No bat wings, no fucked up face. She beat nothing. the ugly out of her. She beat the ugly right out of her. Right out of her. And, but now she's, now she's like dying. So like in um, Pulp Fiction, Batman, like, you know, shot yeah, yeah, yeah. her heart. I was really looking for it to go right in the heart for like to actually have that discussion like in Pulp Fiction, but he injects her in the neck and she comes to really fast. No, he doesn't do it but, in the uh, chest. No, I was Damn. really looking for that Pulp Fiction reference. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got Huntress back alive, and now at the end of last issue, we also saw that uh, during the Avatar Fury War, that uh, Fury Death like had her her baby rip out of her, which is a giant monster. It's the son of Darkseid, and its name is Death Spawn. Mm-hmm. That's a great it's game. Big, it's just this big monster, and everybody's getting ready to fight it because it's a fucking monster that's ripped out of this person. 
And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. And he just disappears into the earth. He's going after the parliament of the earth. He's just going to take the avatars out at the source. Okay. So we're done with the avatars now. We don't talk about them the rest of the issue. The, the rest of the Superman heroes, Batman stays with Hunter so she recuperates. The rest of the Superman heroes get a uh, distress call from Flash and Hawkgirl that uh, civilians are being attacked by Big Bardo and her new soldiers. That's the thing. Now that we have these Furies that are, have been destroyed, Dasad comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, I've been working on these other things, these proto-Furies, which just looked like lepers in, like, parademon armor. Like, they got some more ugly folk. Uh, we burned them up a little bit and uh, put some armor on them, but, and they can take a hit. Th- these are the So you can't, you can't beat the ugly out of them. Apparently, Barda tried, and they took the hit, so I don't know. Okay. So Barda takes these proto-Furies and just tries to kill some civilians that are trying to get to safety in Adam's Haven underground. Yeah. And then Red Tornado comes up and just whirlwinds the shit out of them, and they retreat. <laughs> That's it. We That's just got it. these new big bad guys, and they get whirlwinded out. Does anything in this book make <laughs> sense week after week? This. It's this whole big, like, splash page panel where, like... Oh. But then uh, at the end of the issue, we see uh, Big Barda go back to the side and talk about, you know, well, what are we going to do now? And then Calabac jumps up through the wall. Like, he's like he's been listening with his ear to the yeah, wall the whole time. He's been, with the, he has a glass up there with his ear. He's just been waiting for his goddamn cue. And he's like, he just busts out. And like, Calabac! And that's where we end the issue. Nice. <laughs> um, but it's not as bad as it's been. Like, the art was not as strong as last week, which I was really disappointed about. Because for some reason, last week's art, even though we had, like, it seemed like the same amount of artists, and like, the same ones. Yeah. It was really strong. But here it wasn't. But I really like the fact that they were, like, uh, explaining things away. Because at the one point, when Superman sacrificed himself to kill the uh, Red Avatar clones in uh, Desaad's clone labyrinth, mm-hmm. Desaad out of nowhere just goes, yes! <laughs> like, yeah. That's a weird part. That's a, some weird dialogue to yeah. have. And then he runs off. And we we are also told in this that since he loves all the pain and torture, he even loves it when like shit goes wrong for him. So they explain that away. They explain uh, Batman's you know drug use away. Well, he's been taking different shit. He's got this. He's got utility belts full of fucking drugs. Uh, so I I gave this one a six point five out of ten just because it actually took the time. To explain some inconsistencies that have been bothering me. What's funny is it's a six five, and that's one of the best reviews you've given this in a book long, long in a time. long, long time. I don't. You haven't liked this from the beginning, right? No, I really like got into it in the beginning because you know it's opening up the world. I figured you know we'd be seeing more characters do more things and uh, kick an ass. But for the majority of this fucking series, we're at issue seventeen now. Seventeen. Oh, it's been sixteen issues. Of our heroes just getting their our, their asses kicked over and yeah. over again. That's it. And you know inconsistencies in writing. Yeah. Well. And and also things just happening because hey I had a cool idea today let's just throw it in this. They book. just throw it in. And do you yeah. think it's because there's three writers? I know that uh, Daniel H. Wilson is the the main guy, right? Yeah, it's he's story by story and yeah. And you think that he's just spitting out things, just throwing things at the wall? Honestly, I don't know who to blame, but like I like Mike Johnson, so I don't want to blame him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Well, no, that's that's Earth Two Worlds End this week, but mm-hmm. you know I don't expect it to get better than a six point five for the like the 
the rest of the series, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Unless they do something like drastically different, it's just going to remain crap week after week. For, for what I see right now, I could be completely wrong and yeah, come back and start sucking this book's dick off next week. Yeah, I doubt it. But I have the next book, which is Harley Quinn, number 14, by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor with Chad Harden on art. And, Ooh. yeah, I love the art in this book. And I also, what's weird, too, I always want to put um, Amanda Connor before Jimmy Palmiotti. I don't know why, but whenever I write it out, I put Jimmy Palmiotti first. Oh, no, because Amanda Connor does the majority of it. Yeah, yeah, I just because I'm used to... Uh, like Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti and Jay I don't, Pomp. yeah, Jay Pump. I put Jay Pump first, Pomp. Amanda Connor, husband and wife, husband and wife yes. writing team. Um, I like, I love Harley Quinn actually, and I, I said in my review um, when this book first was announced, I actually said to you that I don't know why they were even doing a book. I, I grossly underestimated the. Uh, Appeal of Harley Quinn, I guess. Yeah, you didn't really care for Harley I Quinn. I didn't. I didn't like her at all. I really didn't have a, a background with her. I didn't care much for her and thought that everybody uh, thought like me, which I always find out that's so not the no, case. Thought yeah, like uh, because this book you. became so popular that it's a twice a month release. Uh, this issue was good. It's coming after the uh, Power Girl arc that just ended, which was awesome. And the reason it was awesome was because it had a story. And that's what I think that this book, uh, you reviewed it at first. And I think the problem you had with it was because it was just basically each week you'd have Harley acting crazy. Yeah, Uh, there was no direction. Yeah, zaniness would happen and then it would end and then you'd get the next, you know, wash and repeat next next issue. And the Power Girl arc, I think, hopefully showed uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti as well. But it also showed me and probably a lot of readers that this book could have a story an ongoing story a story arc and also a really really good one because i loved it i love power girl with her and uh if if you haven't read it power girl had landed on earth lost her mind lost her mind lost her memory <laughs> lost her mind a little too and harley harley yeah, harley yeah harley convinced uh power girl that they were a crime fighting duo and so this arc was basically Harley trying to keep convincing Power Girl uh, that she would they were a, like the dynamic duo, and Power Girl, you know, and they fought some they fought Sportsmaster and uh, Clock King, and it was again there was all these the heavy uh, hitters. Oh yeah, and there was you know pop culture references as always. This book has a lot of boob jokes, poop jokes. And whatnot, but it had that story, and I really liked it. And I also liked that you got a, a little bit of Harley. You could see that she wanted to be a good person and wanted to get a little accolade. She wanted them to carry on shoulders with her, you know, waving <laughs> and, and ticker it tape be parade. Like Ralphie, yeah, Ralphie in uh, in Christmas Story, Christmas where story. he's all excited <laughs> and he's doing the shaking of the fist. She she really wanted to get acceptance as as a superhero. Uh, but unfortunately, all good things have to end, and Power Girl got her memory back, and off she went. She realized that Harley was awful and uh, flew away. Uh, so we get this first issue after that arc, and what I would like to say this issue is, is it should just say previously on Harley Quinn at the very beginning, because 
the issue seems to me that Jimmy Pomiani and Amanda Connor are using this issue to let you know that they haven't forgotten about what was going on before Power Girl showed up. Because uh, they throw almost every little line, you know, every little storyline that you could seems to show up. And it's all wrapped around the concept that Harley wants to get her life in order and maybe become normal or as normal as she can. But what you get, you get our man Egg Fu, who I love. <laughs> He's the best. And I was really worried that after that, I guess it was the Christmas special. I think that's when right. Ed Fu showed up. And I was really worried that he was just going to be in there for a second and and be gone. He was either in that or the um, annual. can't remember. But uh, when Ed Fu showed up, he was so great. And I thought, oh, no, they're just going to ditch him. He's not going to be in. But he is. He's in there. And in this issue, you see he had been working on some robotic bodies. And in this, it's basically him showing up and saying to Harley, you know, which one of these do you like? You like the dinosaur one, the gorilla one? It's It's great. But you also get the you you get reminded that Harley has a lot of pets, which is a big thing. Uh, you also are reminded of her uh, work as a psychiatrist, where she gets called into work and she has to go in, and she has the craziest uh, um, patient. Did you read the issue? No, I did not. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There's this uh, looks like an 80 year old guy who's in the S and M that comes to Harley and. Um, she um she's trying to help him and and her Harley's boss comes in and the guy's all tied up on her desk with like the the freaking ball in the mouth all that it's pretty good yeah oh yeah it's really bad uh but you also get a little roller derby did we get the gimp in there no well he's kind of a combo he looks a little like the gimp but yeah you know he's got like the hat on but he doesn't have the full rape mask on <laughs> the but ass. but he he's pretty crazy but uh you know again the whole issue seems to be a reminder of hey we didn't forget about all these things we're going to have these things going on and it's all wrapped around the idea that harley has a date with uh the man mason the hunk in the the building and everything goes wrong so she ends up trying to please everyone and doesn't please anyone and then at the end of the issue when uh her date's ruined She's with the roller derby girls, but she shows up late. All these things go wrong. She decides, I am going to get everything in order. And that's where we end. And I'm sh- hoping that that's kind of the start of this arc. I don't know because it kind of does come off as one of those early issues where it's just a bunch of hijinks. And then next week we'll we'll get some more stuff. But right. um uh you know there's not there never really is a lot to say about harley it's just fun it's got a lot of you know pop culture stuff a lot of uh you know potty humor i love chat yeah there's a lot of that that i don't like um yeah yeah and there's a lot of that but i love chad harden's art i really do like it a lot um the weird thing though is i always love amanda connor's covers and i do wish that she would do the art uh, as well, uh, but I'm sure that's a lot of work. I don't know about that art stuff. Looks hard. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But yeah, yeah I, it's pretty hard. <laughs> this is the issue is is set up. It's it's good fun. Uh, one of the craziest things I said. They I think that they wanted to prove that Harley is completely crazy, and the reason they do it is it the issue opens with uh, Harley's bed, and on her bed is an issue of, uh, it's actually Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie number four. 
And, uh, of course, Jimmy Palmiotti writes that. We mentioned it earlier. But to me, that was like, hey, you want to see how crazy she is? She reads G.I. Zombie. <laughs> and I said, I, I joked to you earlier uh, in the week that I think that if Harley reads that, then 12 people read it total then. And that includes me and Harley. So <laughs> that's a little dig at that. But, yeah, I like it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Again, uh, I always laugh at Harley. I like the art. I enjoy it, but I go into it for what it is. It is a fun book. Like I said, I said earlier, I'd rather at points read this book than Batman a lot because it's just I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a fun story. I don't have to think too much. I like to laugh, say holy camoli, that sort of thing, but uh, I enjoyed it. But next up, you have Red Lanterns. What did you give that book? Oh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Right? Yeah, like I, I said. I, could... I like the art. Uh, it's fun. Boom. All right. Boom. Now you're up. Right. You I'm caused up. Up. controversies with this Red Lanterns. It was not a controversy, guys. Controversy. Don't, don't make you're me get You're getting yelled at. You're getting yelled at. Red Lanterns number 38, written by Landry Walker and art by Jay Calafiore. Now, this is Landry Walker's first issue after uh, Charles Sewell just left after, at the end of Godhead. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going into this thinking, like, I was really hoping it was going to be like Hal Jordan, where he's taking, like, guys taking some time off, and maybe, like, you know, trying to get less mopey, because he's been, he's been mopey as shit lately. He's fucking crying on Simon Baz's shoulder. He goes to has a beer with, uh, with Hal and just, like, you know, you know, shit's been really tough for me, Hal. I need shit. to... I need to I need to really open up to you, buddy. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> but, um, no, we don't get any of that. We fucking jump into a goddamn war zone where it's, it feels like, um, it actually feels a lot like, uh, the Amazo virus story in Justice League because we have the militaries come in and for some reason they're working with Guy Gardner because, uh, do you remember the, like, the Atrocitus story before Godhead where Atrocitus, like, you know, sent a bunch of rings to the earth? Yeah, yeah. And so there's a bunch, like, you know, ang- angry humans are a thing, you know? So the rings just grab a bunch of people and they start wrecking up the place. Humans are um, angry? Yeah, angry That as hell, seems man. weird. Most people are, everybody's so happy. Well, it's funny, because I even just put in my review, like, Americans. Yeah, well, I, uh, <laughs> believe me, that one of those rings would shoot right down the Quaker town, right on me. <laughs> but we start the issue off where apparently in one of the biggest cities that was hit with the Red Rings, there is still rage going on, even though Guy took care of all the rings and shit like that, put everybody back to normal. It's almost like a virus of rage going around, and the military just, they're like, they're holed up in, like, a, a defunct restaurant. The windows are all blown out of them, and Guy's just leaning back in a t- chair drinking, like, whiskey or some nice. shit. Did they, they say what it. city? They did. I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. I was going to try to decide what the angriest city is. No, this was a, I, this was a made-up city. Okay. I, I say, remember that much. I say it was, Boston. It was something like Clark City. Nothing, nothing big. It was just like a city at the end of it. What do you think's the angriest city? New York, man. You think New York? I, I think Boston. Maybe Detroit. That are looking at the uh, sports fans, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. You know what? You might have it there. <laughs> yes, every uh, Eagles fan uh, done. Yeah. Red Lanterns. Red, all Red Lanterns. All, yep. Every Eagles fan, Red Lantern. That is true. All right. Now they'll be fucking hucking, you know, flaming vomit at Santa Claus. Yes, yes. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awful. <laughs> but um, these uh, military guys are just dragging in, like, you know, some of these crazy folks. Did you watch the movie The Crazies? No. Of course you didn't. You don't watch Who it. Who was in that? That was uh, Tim Olympian. 
I think uh, how you pronounce his name, the guy from Justified. I that still FX. don't know. I don't know. Uh, he, the bad guy from uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> I still don't you, know you're talking about. You don't know about. shit about anything. <laughs> Uh, uh, they, yes. keep, they keep bringing these crazy folks, and Guy is using his newfound power this reign to read their minds, like the judge was doing, where she would judge if somebody was guilty or innocent, and then kill them or not. Okay. So he's he's learning this new trick. He's reading their minds, and after a bunch of fucking people, they're doing this too. Uh, he finds out they all had the same mind. It's like a hive mind okay, situation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where they're all angry about the same thing. He's just getting flashes that keep coming to his mind. And then he finally traces it back to this refugee like uh, site that everybody took shelter in during the fucking uh, rage apocalypse. Okay. And he realizes that the the, the camp ran out, was running out of supplies, so all the sick and injured people they just chucked down in the basement, and locked the door. So he opens up this basement door and just finds bodies stacked upon bodies. And this psychic energy of like this rage that these people felt for like being like you know pretty much you know. Uh, like, you know, what the hell's the word? They were just completely, like, forgotten. You know, it's like, we're okay. done with these people. Uh, abandoned. Abandoned. Thank you. They're completely abandoned. This energy kind of just infected everyone. This, like, kind of psychic backlash of this rage they felt. And now everybody is, like, just feeling this rage and going crazy on the streets. And Guy being his mopey self figured, you know what? Fuck it. The only way to get rid of this is if I sacrifice myself and give them something to focus their rage on. So he just goes down into a crowd of them, gets rid of his force fields, and they just proceed to beat the shit out of him. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading this, like, this is like a really, like, noble-slash-suicidal thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, I, I kind of dig this thing where, like, he's trying to make up for all the people that he's gotten killed and why he's so fucking mopey all the time. And then we realize that this is not the plan at all. He realized that this rage is going to burn them up, and the more rage they felt and attacked him, it actually would just kill everyone. It went off like a psychic backlash where everybody just burned up who was infected with this rage. So there's a guy just laying there around a bunch of toasted up bodies at the end. That's how it ends. That's how it ends. Hey, that's a, found, that's a bummer. It, it was, and it was weird because, like, um, a lot of people, I'm not enjoying the Amazing Virus story unjustly, but a lot of people are, and you have that, like, outbreak de desolation like isolated feeling you know to the city and shit like that yeah kind of like walking dead or whatever and uh you have that going on and also you have this really internal story that's pretty much going down inside guy's mind the whole time it's not saying much it's all internal monologue and that we like we've been getting from constantine which i've really enjoyed but at the end of the issue it just it's not that strong okay and i like i, I love jay calfiori's art like i love the way he draws guy Gardner and everything like that and I, but I put it in my review though. The, the story that I really want to see after reading this is how the hell Guy Gardner got, you know, was able to work with the military. Yeah, because yeah. Because we just had this rage eclipse where all of these fucking people sporting the same jewelry as him were killing folks all over. And he just and, shows up and they're working with him. Yeah, well, that's where we start. We don't even see them like interact. They're just working together. Because if he doesn't figure this out, the government's going to send in a bomb and wipe out the city. And then what did Landry Walker tell you? <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said his original story was? No, no. What were you? What was he talking about? Because uh, to people listening, uh, on Eric's review, Landry Walker actually commented on the site. And what did he? What were you guys talking about? I'm telling you because I really felt bad because it wasn't a very favorable review. Yeah, and I didn't tweet him. I, I know that's the thing. You don't like if it's not really good. I don't like throwing bad shit in people's faces, so we don't we don't tweet the. Um, 
the creators if we don't really think the book is that strong. Yeah. And that we're cowards. Now we've yeah, yeah. we've talked about this and we almost we've we've talked at points that sometimes you we think that we should tweet them no matter what. Uh but yeah, we're cowards, so we don't. Yeah. But no, I was uh, you know reading some books today, and I happened to look at the com. I saw we had a comment on that. I looked, and I see the name Landry Walker, and my I died inside a little bit. And then I read what he wrote, and he actually uh, quoted something I put in there where like, if like if uh, Guy Gardner was going to sacrifice himself uh, for for the city to stop this ra- uh, virus like rage, and then he like that was the quote or something like that from my review, and he's like, ha, it, sa- it sounds like you're writing my first draft, if only. And I don't know what it is. It's, it doesn't sound that bad now, right? No, I I thought he was actually uh, maybe even saying that he was forced to do something different. And well, that's, he... what I, that's what I eventually took it as. And I thought, you know, you got you got my interest peak now. I'd like to see the director's cut of this issue. Yeah, yeah. And, or he could but... be saying that you're a hack and, you know, exactly. the <laughs> crap that you want is the shit they throw under the, the, the desk and the rest <laughs> of the, you know, crumpled up papers. And you should just shut your stupid mouth. See, Actually, I think now I'm reading it right now. I think that that's what he meant, that for, that he just hates your guts. See, why you got to do that? For and me? you're an you ass, know? and you should just pack it up. Uh, see, for the first 10 minutes after I read that comment, I was having like a panic attack. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know what to write to him then, because there he is. He's like, you know, what do you know? You know, I don't know what I, even I thought. It's just that, like. He was calling me out, and I couldn't do nothing to back it up because he's a comic book writer. He is a hero of mine just because he is writing Red Lanterns. It's something that I'm not doing, and what like it's awesome to me. And here he is, call, like in my mind, calling me out, and I I can't say anything about it. So for ten minutes, I paced back and forth, fucking thinking about this, dreading what I was going to write. I'm, but eventually, I'm but eventually, I, huh? go go. I'll tell said, you. But this. eventually. I just came to the conclusion. You know what? I, this this is my neurotic brain is making more of this than it actually is. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I went with what I said. I'm laughing now because I'm looking at I'm looking at the comments. I was trying to pull up Landry Walker's comment. I'm looking at and now uh, uh, Jody has responded that he he uh, he's surprised that the writer uh, commented, and then. Oh. Uh, Guy Ambushbug, who listens to this and also uh, does a lot of comments, is uh, uh, giving Landry a shout out that he enjoyed the issue. <laughs> so <laughs> people are turning on you oh, in Jesus the comments. Christ. That's great, though. I'm glad that he commented. And like so I said, so am I. It's really cool. But <laughs> I know that it would be, it would have been awesome if it was a ten out of ten and he was excited. But uh, I don't know. Now you're you're you know he reads the reviews and now you're. Uh, you're put on, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what I'm saying. Notice? Yeah, put on notice. That's what I was trying to say. You're put on notice now. Uh, so now you're going to have to uh, up the score by two just because. See, I can't do that. I you know. know. It's, like, it's like when we were talking to Pop Man about, like, you know, He-Man and stuff like that. It's like uh, he wanted me to, like, why don't you give it a ten? Because, like, I don't give tens. And then he's, I just, I can't give a score that I, uh, I don't feel. Yeah, but yeah. I don't like to be called out on it because I don't have anything to back it up. Yes, and exactly. I'm not going to tell these. I'm not going to tell anybody that they did something bad because no. they're doing a lot more than what I'm doing. Well, and I, these people are my heroes. It's again, uh, we tend to. In my anybody who's gone to our site obviously realizes that something along the lines that me and you uh, don't know much about art. 
Oh God! No, uh, we're we are, but and we admit it all the time. Uh, we tend to, uh, well, we write reviews, so at least we write something. It might be awful, but right. uh, we have more of a grip on that. Now, I'll admit it that a lot of times, any art that I say is bad is a million times better than I could ever do. Yeah, I, well. I can't draw a stick figure, but. <laughs> As I say, a lot of times I, I know what I like, and when I see it, so basically when we review art, it's basically what we see we like, what we see we don't, and yes, it's not technical. Um, yeah, if it conveys a story well and it looks good. Yeah, So, but I feel bad sometimes because there's some, like I said, Gary Brown in Catwoman, I mentioned yeah. that uh, the art was confusing to me. I'm I not, didn't like it at all. I'm so. not technically, I don't know you know that and i realized and brett booth actually called us out on it that the art exactly. part of the book takes a lot more effort and a lot more time and a lot more skill to him at least uh yeah. than the the writing and i probably would agree with that because i think that anybody could try to write and I, I think that you could get better uh to me art is you are born with that and people may disagree but i think you're born with that uh, to a point and you're going to get no, better to a point but i could never become i could start practicing now and till the day i die three weeks from now and i will never get better those yeah, yeah yeah i i won't be a good artist i just it's yeah. not i don't have it and i it, it amazes me sometimes the things that that the people draw and whatnot but yeah we still have to give a review and sometimes we badmouth people but yeah we i to me i wish every book was a 10 do I? Yeah. I, I well, uh, yeah. I've don't even get into it. Yeah, we right. know well, you now, don't give tens. What this discussion though? La -di -da. This discussion reminds me when I was a kid though. Me and my best uh, friend Jay, we were working on a comic book together. Okay. And it, all throughout middle school and like high school, we would like you know do shit with it. We would both come up with ideas and like we put it into a story and we both draw. Mm -hmm. And by the tenth grade, I realized that my uh, drawing ability was not progressing, and Jay's was immensely. Yeah. Every year he got better and better and better. And I'm like, at grade 10, I realized, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to start writing this book. Yeah, yeah. Well, but Jay, Jay's a, a magnificent like artist. Yeah. I wish he would do more with it. Yeah. Uh, it's even, even with writing is uh, I never really wanted to be a writer. But then I kind of, like I'm talking like a, a novel. Right. Uh, because I realized I can't do that. I, I can barely read a novel, let yeah. alone write it. And um, so then I kind of, it, it's weird, it progressed. Like then I thought, well, maybe I could write a screenplay because that's a little, you know, it's a little yeah. dialogue. And then I realized I don't think I can do that either. And then it was more like a, a, a radio program type thing that I, and eventually, I, and this is when I was a younger kid and I used to write little like radio plays and record them on my tape recorder. Right. If anybody would even know what that is anymore, tape recorder. But yeah, I do that, and even those sucked. So anything I say is is, is it, this whole review thing is kind of I don't know. Sometimes I think about it, and it kind of makes me laugh because it is kind of it's an odd thing. It's an odd thing to review yeah. these comics and whatnot. But you know what? That's what we decided to do, and uh, it's a hobby of ours, and it takes up all of our time. Yeah, what's up with that? Shit? For no for no money. And nope. then we decide to make a podcast, and we don't know how to do that either. So whatever we say, but we're doing it. We're doing it. We're trying. I think we're getting a little better. And you know what? We're not even done tonight. 
It, this almost seems like a, uh, a segue to the outro. Hey, let it be done tonight, then. But it's not. No, we have one more book. What do we got? We have Batman Eternal, number 43. Ah, uh, yes. Which, in book. fact, I wasn't even going to put this on uh, tonight because I have not reviewed it. But you said that I should. Yeah. And while I rarely listen to you, I decided for once to, to give it a try because sometimes, you know, I have to listen to you. And so here it is. Batman Eternal number 43 by James Tinian IV and uh, David LaFuente on art. And the first thing that I noticed when we saw the preview for this last week was David LaFuente's art. And I remember seeing it and I thought, you know what? Eric is going to hate this art so much. I cannot wait to hear all the venom and hate that he spits out because he is an awful human being. No, I just don't care for anime and manga. That's yes, all. you don't. Well, that's why I thought, you know what? This is a very anime and manga-inspired art, and I don't think Eric's going to like it. And guess what? I love the art on this book. You love the coloring. It. Yep. The coloring, the art, it was great to read. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time reading this issue Yep. And because the art was so strong. You know what? I agree. Uh, the only problem I said, I talked to you a little before we went on tonight, a little about this, and the only thing that I find odd is that when this story's collected, yeah. issues like this are going to stick out. And it, it actually upsets me that looking in the preview for next week, David LaFuente isn't on art. So he has this I, one I issue. I on a book soon, man. Yeah, so yeah. I really dug this. And as long as it has, like, uh, I don't think you know the colorist is, but... I want the first team and like the pencil and the ink yeah. and all to stick together because I loved everything that came down. Like this yeah. was what's like what they're trying to do with the uh, Gotham Academy and Batgirl and, Batgirl. and Teen Girl. Titans. It's this new kind of younger feel, but it actually worked well with these characters. Yeah. I like the way they, they looked. There's some of the expressions uh, that I think are a little too much yeah. uh, manga it's a anime. Yeah, and anime. anime. Uh, but again. The one thing that I think is odd is that you're going to be reading uh, Batman Eternal when it's collected, and this chapter is to me is just going to be very <laughs> odd to stick in there. And uh, but uh, again, as one issue, I thought it looked great. I wish that you know we got a couple more. Um, but what it is, this issue is pretty important because it actually is the one that finally catches up to uh, Batman Twenty Eight. And, and you know what? Hold on a sec. You know, I'm going to say it right now. What's that? I'm going to throw this art team in for the new, uh, the, the books that will be released in June. Bluebird book with this art team. That's yeah, what I want. Well, right I, even, I even said uh, that I was going to mention at the end that this issue and the way uh, uh, Harper, uh, a.k.a. Bluebird, is, I really do want her on a book now. And I'm afraid that it's only going to be the second year of Batman Eternal that she'll be on. But uh, but I would love to see. I don't think that she could hold her own book. It'd be awesome. Uh, but I think that maybe they're pushing her. I told you this before. Really seems like they're pushing her so much with Tim Drake that maybe she'll join the Teen Titans. Though that roster seems pretty pretty full as it is. Yeah, especially like we've been talking about. Like was that just us talking, or did we read that Superboy might be joining up soon? Uh, I think we might have just been talking because okay. he, I, I don't know because he is in um, Supergirl, so that would make yeah. sense if he went back. But uh, I don't know. I could see her in um, Teen Titans, so I think she would be really good in that. 
Right. Uh, birds of prey if they brought that back. Yeah, that actually that would be really cool. Uh, but you know what? This issue was good. I liked it. Uh, again, I said it. It catches up. Finally, catches up to Batman twenty eight. Uh, and they do it in a way. It's not a straightforward way. They do that. You know, change of time. Yeah, issue sequence deal uh i actually like it because we've been waiting so long to see that one scene yeah. uh where selena has uh Opened stephanie brown yeah. yeah we've been waiting for that so long that i like the way they did this that it was a little off kilter so it doesn't kind of it doesn't surprise you. you you really you get the idea of what's going on uh one thing i didn't like i loved seeing harper Make getting the costume. She had the blueprints. She gets the stuff in Tim's place. Yes, steals it from Tim. I thought that they rushed the whole thing with her and Batman. Like all of a sudden she's there, and I like the idea that she's like, "Oh, my acrobatics are a little off." No, she's doing more acrobatic moves and things than any girl who's a tech girl ever has the right to do. It's kind of like we're doing an Arrow right now because they just premiered this last uh, episode of Arrow where uh, Laurel, yeah, is, Laurel. Like, you know, is canary now. Yeah. And like she's not trained at all. She jumped down on top of a van and fell over. Yeah. that's uh, I, Again, they, last issue, remember, um, Harper was jumping along rooftops and she falls on her ass and it's yeah. funny. But this issue is, you know, to me, it's just right after that. Next thing, she's doing flips. She's doing all this cool look. But I love the interaction with her and Batman. I love that she is, she's so mouthy and quippy and, and Batman's just there and she keeps like, I'm just thinking that, if I get, uh, we got to just put up a video. We just, me and you are standing there. It's a YouTube video or America's funniest video. We just put on a mask and then yeah. try to do a, and just try and to do this. I'd be dead. I, I would be <laughs> dead. Yeah. I'd be yeah, I'd be so awful, but yeah. And then uh, while we're doing it, I'll start yelling stuff to you, and you don't answer me because I love I just love the I love Harper wants Batman to to acknowledge her so much. Yeah, she, she wants her his approval, and so she bad. even says when when Tim shows up, she's pissed because Batman didn't show up, and oh, he still doesn't <laughs> trust me, and he gives her the plan, and she's not even sure that it's really Batman who wants her to do that, and she's so yeah. pissed off. But then you see her, again, you're jumping back and forth in time and things like this. And uh, she's doing her thing, and um, she's awesome. I, I love her. I loved her from the beginning, and I love her uh, this. You also get uh, Selena in this. And again, I really liked it, and I was talking to you about it uh, before tonight, that uh, I like it because it's, it is in line with her solo book. It's, there she is. It's, it's, she's a right. little... Uh, it's a little more loose and fun, uh, but it is, it's, it's Selena. It's and, I, re- I read this one before I read the Catwoman. Yeah. And this is really my first introductions to her being this uh, crime boss. So I read Batman Eternal and I'm like, this is a lot of fun. And then I got in the Catwoman and it's all serious. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. Ugh. yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking of dynamics as well, I really like Cullen's back and I really like, you really get the idea how much they love each other. As yeah. brother and sister, but you also get the idea somehow how they do it uh, with the magic of comics that they have been apart for a while. And you get that idea with the, the like they're fast talking. And yeah. I really, really liked it. I, I always did like Cullen and the little that you got from him. 
And uh, no, I really enjoyed him back. I like the way it is. I like his uh, kind of being in between uh, Harper and Stephanie Brown. I like and, that as well. Yeah, the little Daniel, like he's trying to. But there's a weird thing where he's sitting with Stephanie Brown and he says to her, Oh, do you watch Gotham Heights? Did yeah. you see this part in it? I did. did you see the TV? He, I don't remember what was on the show. It's almost like he's saying to her, like, Hey, it's on. Have you seen it? If you look at the TV, if you have that there, uh, it looks like uh, Street Fighter. Really? Yeah. It's really odd. It's, is, and I'm telling Gotham you, the it's a weird, it's like a street fighter slash bad dudes. Because it looks like, the, I'm telling you, if you have it, you have to pull it up. Because it looks like, I'm telling you, I see Chun-Li. And I see, it's so weird. And he goes, he's pointing at the TV and he goes, do you watch Gotham Heights? And she's kind of missed the last batch of episodes. People trying to kill me and all. And if you look, it's Street Fighter with it looks like a four player it's so <laughs> weird but yeah i just like what gotham the heights is the cooper yeah, i'm like gotham heights man they're getting real people are <laughs> kicking the crap and in fact there's somebody drop kicking somebody like a flying kick yeah that gotham heights it's tough now 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 i'm actually thinking what the hell was that show that um that uh batgirl villain was on do you remember oh no oh i i, I you know what i believe it was gotham heights I think it is, and that's, you know... I don't remember. Uh, and I guess he beats the crowd, and it's weird. It's almost, To me, it's definitely that they... The, the, that David uh, LaFuente had no idea that that bubble was going to be what it is. Like, they, <laughs> the original was, hey, you want to play Street Fighter? And they, uh, the, uh, the uh, lawyer said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Make it Gotham Heights. Okay, they didn't change the art, but yeah. But I, I really like the art, like you said. You mentioned to me, and I agree. I don't like the um, Selena Kyle manga deal. She, yeah, she had like a witch hazel. Well, and it's again, it's that three like D thing coming yeah, at your face. It's that over accentuated deal, and it, it's not bad. But there's the one panel where it's just her face, yeah. and it it does not look good. And in fact, if I was Batman, I wouldn't get near that. No, neither would and, I. That's, uh, that's the only problem I have with the art was that Selena Kyle like close up panel. Yeah, and I I actually had uh, the um, problem with Tim Drake. He showed up. I had no idea it was Tim. I really didn't. I thought I thought it might have been a guy from Gotham Heights. He just I I had no idea. If it wasn't for the um, the dialogue itself, <laughs> I would have had no idea it's Tim. He looks like he's about thirty five, yeah. and then the it's only one panel. That's so weird. He puts on the mask. He sees yeah. Me. And then he puts it on, and then now he is. And, of course, you know, the big thing of this issue was Stephanie Brown. Uh, she had been captured by uh, Selena, and Selena was making it seem at the beginning as if she was um, holding her. Basically, she was going to hold her until the price was right to me. Right. And then you get the idea then, oh, no, she's actually holding her to protect her, and Batman is involved. But the cliffhanger kind of throws a little wrench in that whole works because while the weirdest ass cliffhanger, uh, it's odd. Uh, She's talking with Harper, and Harper's basically telling her, "Hey, don't worry, Batman's going to protect us. He does it all the time. He helps Gotham, whatever." And the whole time, Stephanie Brown is 
scared. She seems like like she's an adamant Batman hater. Yeah, yeah. She's like that's you know that's not gonna happen though. At one point, it's funny because she's very down and upset because Selena has basically called her out that she's been trying to get her dad, the Clue Master, yeah. to pay attention to her. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's all excited about uh, Selena's clothes. There's that weird. <laughs> she's down, and then uh, Harper's like, "Yeah, Selena's pretty cool. Did you see that suit?" Oh, yeah, it was great. Ah, she's all excited. Then they look at each other, and they kind of have a little moment where they realize, you know what, we could be friends. Harper even says, you know what, we don't know each other. If we were in school together, we wouldn't be friends. But you know what, Batman's going to protect us. They they have something in common. It's the breakfast club. Yes, it's a breakfast Yes, and it's, uh, again, it happens in everything. It happened this week in Gotham Academy as well. It's always the people who don't like each other. They're going to become best friends. But yeah. Basically, she keeps telling Stephanie, don't worry, Batman's a good guy. He's going to help us. You know, you just trust him. Just tell him everything. Trust him. And Stephanie basically says, I can't. And Harper's like, what do you you mean you can't? And then it's set out that at the beginning of the series, somebody was talking to Clue Master and getting this whole plan together. All this stuff that's gone wrong in Gotham. And it turns out that Stephanie did see who it was, and it was Bruce Wayne. And basically, Harper's looking, but it's weird because Harper doesn't know... Well, no, Bruce Wayne funds Batman. I know, but it's still, she's like, almost like, I mean, if if, I would think that Harper would be like, well, Batman will take care of that. But again, I know. It's, that's the big cliffhanger that she saw Bruce Wayne telling telling clue master what to do and he's the master he is the mastermind and uh, you know it can't be what she saw again could it be that she was influenced the same way gordon was at the beginning who saw a gun that wasn't there is it something or was batman trying to you know get things in motion and it's just gone wrong um no it's gonna be your favorite where it's gonna be clayface is the mastermind it's it might be if it's Clayface, I'll kill you. I will come over to your apartment. I will slice your throat. Jesus. What do you think of that? I don't think I like that. That's much. so you best be you best hope it's not Clayface. You're done. I best hope. Done. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that's it. Uh, I haven't reviewed it, so I have not given it a score. Off the top of my head, I would say it's probably around an eight. I'd give it an eight seven myself. Uh, okay, I again, I've given a lot of eights this week. This week um was a lot better for me than the uh, past. But then again, I haven't reviewed all my books, and I've exactly. ten, you know what I've I've done all the ones that I like so far. I have GI Zombie. I have GI Zombie. I have um, Infinity Man. I yeah. have Deathstroke, which actually I, I like Deathstroke, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, I have to review Batman Eternal. Like I said, it's at least an eight. Maybe it'll influence me up. But uh, I think that's around the eight. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it works solid five, and I liked all the dialogue and shit that was going down. So that's easily worth another three point yeah. eight. Well, like I said, we we have a lot of uh, things still to review this week, uh, and also I'd like to give a a little uh, shout out to some of the digital books because we do try to do the digital books as well, though we don't talk about them uh, here on the podcast. But like Injustice or Wonder Woman 77, I'll be doing those. And I, I always like Injustice. Um, and Brian Bucciolato has taken that over from Tom Taylor. And this issue was really, really good. So I'll give a shout-out to Brian Bucciolato. 
Bachelato, and I also, you know, you do uh, Mortal Kombat and Next. Arrow, and yeah. I also do uh, a Infinite Crisis fight for the multiverse, which I said earlier I wouldn't mention again, but I'm mentioning it now. Um, we do that. So, uh, anybody's listening to this, if you don't come to our site, which would be odd because we only put this podcast on the site, we haven't actually put it up on, say, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that because we're still just trying to get it together and we're doing this as almost like a um, I don't, I I don't want to say it's a minor leagues I said to you it reminded spring me training. I remind, I say oh, that's good spring training but I, I said to you it reminds me I heard Chris Rock one time talk about these shows that he gets together when he's going to go on a big tour maybe have an album out he practices all his material in a um, a small club and he laughs because he goes there and he basically has note cards and he, he does these things just to see what goes well. And, and he said, it must be the worst show you ever listen to because <laughs> like nine out of ten jokes fail. He, he's, nothing is, is smooth. There's no transitions and stuff. Kind of like us. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we're trying. We're get, I think we're getting better even though today was a lot longer than I thought. I actually thought tonight would be like an hour and a half. Me as well. It's not so, uh, but hopefully somebody will like it and. And one of these days we'll pull out a Chris Rock album. Yeah, maybe we'll have the Bring the Pain soon. One of these, and... like episode like twenty nine, will be the our Bring the Pain, and That'd then be a good title. That's good. and I then like we'll that. be done. So we have to remember that episode twenty nine. But yeah, <laughs> anybody's listening to this, uh, we appreciate you coming, listening to this, coming to our site, all that stuff. See, I'm trying to do stuff that people do at the end of podcasts that I listen to. And it's, and it's not it's not going well and uh, i'd love it we had a sponsor right now or something like that but we don't because we're punk rock Boosh. we're not selling out we'd yeah. like to okay oh, we would love to sell out but we haven't <laughs> yet so i guess that's it for tonight and uh we'll see you next week with more books and nonsense and news and stuff like that see you in seven see ya Bye. Bye. Knock, knock. Who's there? Soup. Soup who? Superman. Superman on what? I have no possible idea. That's all I know of the joke. He might be on a hot dog.
slime. A gun to my head, goodbye.